I know you probably want to hit Clone Wars because you were actually the one to break. I'll I'll talk about. I'll try to remember to talk about that when we get it. But you were the one to tell me about that. Yeah, you, you well, beat I, me to that punch. Yeah, I, I logged on to Facebook and they were like, you know, Clone Wars saved, and I was like, oh, watch the video. And I immediately text you, and you're like, I don't think so. And I sent you that link, and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> well, like, yeah, like I said, that's something we can get into when we do it. But I knew they were doing the, the 10th anniversary panel, but I thought it was just going to be a nostalgic look back at the at the show. I didn't know we were getting more of the show. It made me shit my pants in Coles almost. <laughs> really? That's right. You're... I was in Coles getting well, stuff for vacation when you texted me. It's a good thing you were in Coles. You could have gotten more more pants. They sell pants. It would have been perfect. To another episode of Brian Guy and Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Andy Stoles. What's up, pop podcast people? And Josh Zorch. I am just happy to be back. It has been a long time. It has been a long time. And rounding out with Mike Bradley. Thank you. It has been a long time. I agree. <laughs> I think I'm it's always been a last. long time for, for everybody, really. It's It's been, what, I don't know, three, four weeks? Probably. Maybe that. Be I was yeah, on I the last been... show, wasn't I? I? I honestly, at this point, I can't remember when the last show was. I feel like it's been at least a month. <laughs> I, if I was on the last show, that was June 26th. Okay. Because that's yeah. the last time I recorded That's the last time I uploaded something on Google Drive. <laughs> so. Then, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Month, month, five weeks then, probably. Something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, we've been away for a little while, but we're back now. Hopefully we can keep the, the routine and trend going, if not every week, hopefully every other week, something like that, and hopefully we won't be able to take that long of a break again, keep all these, you know, the ten people that listen hanging. They've been um, starved for entertainment attention. They're, they've been in withdrawal. That's that's not fair of us. I know you're speaking for yourself, because I know you're one of the loyal listeners that, that listens to this show. Hmm. <laughs> I count on you and Eric to tell me how we're doing because you're the only <laughs> two that, that I know listen. <laughs> um, but it does, yeah. So since we've been away, we've been behind, obviously, on a lot of stuff. I know there's some movie reviews I still want to get to, which, if by the time we ever get to them, is, they're going to be way, way late. Um, so we're trying to sort of keep on the news cycle. We're still going to be like probably a week late for this one because uh, we are going to try to cover the stuff out of San Diego Comic Con, all the trailers. Not, less news this time. I think there was a lot of trailers and videos that came out, so that's sort of where we're focusing this one. Covering less of the new stuff and more just the trailers and talk about what we what we liked and what we saw from there. Um, normally, I feel like the trailer episodes when we talk about them, that we sort of get bogged down, so this may end up being longer than I expect it to be, but that's sort of par for the course, I think, for us. Um, so, just for our list, this isn't going to go in the order we're going we're gonna to do them, but uh, we are going to try to talk about Aquaman, Shazam, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, Glass, Titans, The Clone Wars, and we're tagging on the Uncharted short film that hit the internet right before Comic-Con. So that's on our list. Um, 
we're gonna the only one I said I, I told these guys beforehand. We're gonna I'm gonna start with the Uncharted one. I think mainly because I hey, I actually did a little bit of research on that one. Um, as far as what's going on with the movie and why this short film sort of came to be. Uh, and we'll start there and then go into the trailers and see what we want to cover. So, kicking off with the Uncharted short film. Um, and I know some of the source material, I think, is lost on Josh. Oh, yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do my best to set all this stuff up. Sure. Um, are you, do you know anything about Uncharted at all? None whatsoever, but I did realize that uh, after watching it, that... It has enough of, like, a mixture of, like, Indiana Jones and National Treasure and all, like, that kind of feel to it that if this, like, was just a full-length feature that came out with this kind of premise, I, like, I was in. Like, I was ready to watch a whole movie. Yeah. And those are actually the two movies that I was going to cite as examples that get the tone of the games very, very well. So... Uncharted is a video game franchise for Sony's PlayStation. It is exclusive to Sony's PlayStation. Um, it is developed by Naughty Dog, and the series stars Nathan Drake as a treasure hunter who always seems to get himself into tricky situations. And this is where the National Treasure Indiana Jones comparison comes in. If you've played the games, you get that tone just from the games. Um, Sony has been rumored to be trying to get a movie off the ground for years. Back in early 2011, David O. Russell was supposed to be directing a movie with Mark Wahlberg rumored to play Nathan Drake. The rumors for the plot and tone of that film felt like they didn't have anything to do with the game. Like, you talk, the interview for these people didn't seem like they played the game. They didn't seem like they knew anything about the game other than maybe characters' names. It, if that was the movie that Sony was going to make, that was going to piss off a lot of people. Luckily, that fell apart. Uh, later in 2011, Neil Berger who was coming off directing Limitless with Bradley Cooper, was attached mm. to direct and write the film. He seemed to have a better handle on the games than Russell. Ultimately, that fell apart, too. Didn't hear anything about the movie for a while. Then in 2014, Seth Gordon, who directed Horrible Bosses, was attached to make the film. He left over creative differences. Hear nothing about the film for a while. Early in 2017, Joe Carnahan who directed Smoke and Aces and the A-Team, was set to write and possibly direct, and then he left. And each time talk of the film picked up, there was always one name that was at the top of everyone's list to play Nathan Drake, and that was Nathan Fillion. Fillion has even tried to campaign for the role himself way back when, this first, when all the rumors for the movie started happening. That was way back in 2011. And I don't think Sony really ever saw him as a big star, so nothing really ever came from that. Um, the latest for an Uncharted movie is that Sean Levy is going to direct the movie, and Sony decided to cast a young Nathan Drake, who is going to be played by Tom Holland. Hmm. So that is what is currently in development right now. Now, the short film that hit the internet was basically Nathan Fillion's way of finally being able, being able to play Nathan Drake in some capacity. I can't remember, I should have wrote it down off the top of my head, the director that he that made the short film with him. But the way they describe it is the two of them met, they were, you know, friend of a friend type thing, put them together. They started talking about Uncharted and how the director always wanted to see that. He had ideas on how it should be shot and how it should be done. Nathan knew what to bring to Nathan Drake because he's played the games. He knows what is involved with that character. And really, if you play the games, like you might, for people that are unfamiliar, watching this short film and you're seeing Nathan Fillion play Nathan Drake, 
and you're thinking, oh, Nathan Fillion is just playing the character he always plays. That's what he plays and everything, which is you're not wrong, but the <laughs> character of Nathan Drake is played that way in the games, which is why Nathan Fillion is the perfect pick to play the character if they ever did a live action movie or short film or whatever. Um, it was like whoever wrote the games just got done watching Firefly and was yes. just like, let's <laughs> yeah. just... We There's just power watched Firefly. Let's write a character. There is a lot mm-hmm. of Malcolm Reynolds in Nathan Drake, and hats off to Nolan North who voices Nathan Drake in the games because he brought a lot to it too, and I think he nailed that character. Which and Nate, like Nolan North, I don't think he's not a big name, but I feel like he looks like the character too. So I feel like if they needed to get a, someone else to do it, well, Nolan North could definitely be a live did, action did, Nathan Drake. Did you catch my comment uh, when you posted this originally? That uh, we have a shift going on with this whole gaming and voice uh, acting yeah, yeah, and everything, yeah. where you know Nolan North was Nathan Drake, and now it's Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion was Cade Six, and now it's Nolan North. And th- that's interesting to me, <laughs> having that yeah. role switch just like that at pretty much at the same time the announcement happened. Yeah, I think they both acknowledge each other, so that's that's always fun to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Josh hasn't, but Mike or Andy, have you guys, any of you played the uh, Uncharted games at all? I've played all but the newest one. Okay. I played number two. That was the only one, just two? Yeah. Okay. You guys, what did you think of the games? You like the games? Yes. I mean, three, eh, one and two were out of this world fantastic. Um, it's intense, and I enjoyed it. I'm not usually a fan of those types of games, but I played that game to its completion, which is okay. rare for me. Rare for me, so yeah, I, I would say I'd give it a thumbs up. Yeah, that's a stamp of approval from you. Um, Josh, just not knowing anything about the games, you said you were you were on board with this short film after you watched it. You're you're you would like to see more. Definitely. I mean, it's um, Nathan Fillion is such a natural actor, and Granted, maybe I haven't seen him in a large range of types of roles, but he's one of like the few, very, very, very few actors or actresses that never, ever for a moment when they're on screen ever looks like they're acting. Everything about them just looks so ridiculously natural about what they're saying, regardless of the situation they're in, the circumstances, the premise, whatever. Um... And then you throw in, like, treasure hunts and scavenger hunts, history, um, sort of quasi-alternate history, whatever. It's just fun adventure stuff. Like, yeah, that would, that would be really fun. And I think it was, um, I don't know who the, uh, the chick was at the end. I'm not familiar with her. But, um, uh, I actually enjoyed Stephen Lang. Yeah. In that, too. I thought they played off each other really well. It, it, it seemed like their banter together worked well as opposed to like it didn't seem forced at all he hit the character from the games pretty well with that as well um he doesn't look like the character from the games necessarily but his attitude and everything seemed right to me yeah i wouldn't immediately pick Stephen lang to play sully but it totally worked for me in this in the short film yeah Yeah. he did pretty well Uh, i think the only thing I, i recognized her from was i think she was in um that episode show with uh Joey from Friends. You're talking about the chick at the end that plays. Like, I'm assuming she's Elena. Yeah. LeBlanc. Oh, he was on. Oh, Matt LeBlanc's like later show episodes. Got, got. Yeah, you. yeah. I uh, yeah, I didn't didn't see the show, but um, 
Okay, at least that's a, there's a reference for her. Yeah, she looked familiar. I couldn't tell you what she was in, though. So, yeah, at least she pinned down something. I think she was actually in an episode of How I Met Your Mother at one time. Okay. Yeah, if it was just one I episode, think she, I don't know if I remember. Yeah, it was just like a one-episode, one-off character thing. But uh, I, I like the potential for this because, I mean, it really does, in this instance to me, feel like the same thing that happened with Deadpool, where you got that short. I, I was thinking the same thing. And then that short became yeah. an actual scene in the movie later. Oh, okay. So maybe they just uh, use that kind of verbatim or they sort of recreate it with a little more gravitas. Yeah. Yeah, like, it, it, that would be interesting to see them do if it ever does get a... We ever do get a Nathan Fillion Uncharted movie. But I, I like to see the passion that an actor has to play a character come out this way. Yeah. You know, that to me says it's going to be good. That's why Deadpool works so well, because Ryan Reynolds was so dedicated to doing it, and Nathan Fillion being so dedicated to this character and wanting to play it. <sighs> Just roll with it. Just let it happen, you know? Uh, that That's my opinion, but... Sony's not going to care what I I, I kind of thought, like, well, at least maybe I'm crossing my fingers and hoping this goes the Deadpool route. I don't think it got enough buzz and exploded on the internet as much as Deadpool did. So I don't know <laughs> if it's going to reach that far. I think part of it's that it's 15 minutes long. And being that long, it's, you know, people like short, quick, snappy things like that when it's going to get that viral thing going the yeah. way that Deadpool yeah. did. So, I feel like that's probably part of it, but you really couldn't do what they did here in any capacity in two minutes. Plus, if they already like, if Sony already has a movie in production, I don't know if they're going to actually do anything to to reflect the short film. The only thing I could maybe see them doing is if they cast Tom Holland to play young Nathan Drake, you could bookend the movie with like modern, older Nathan Drake. Mm-hmm. And if they wanted to bring in Nathan Fillion, he could sort of bookend the movie, and then maybe you could kick into a sequel like that. I think that would be really cool. Because there is a you... section of Uncharted 3 that opens with young Nathan Drake, but you don't play the whole game that way. Right. Andy, I cut you off. You are going somewhere. Uh, actually, you just answered my question. I was going to ask you if any of the games have a young Nathan Drake, but okay, you just yeah. answered it. So. Yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of a prequel-esque part to... Uh, the third one that it's yeah it has nathan young nathan in the streets being a thief and running into sully for the first time and how that relationship starts so i mean i guess they could build a whole movie around that if they want to but i still would like to see some sort of I f- modern I feel day like, nathan drake yeah i was gonna say i feel like they mentioned all the major like plot points from the previous, from the games in this short, with the exception, I think, of Sir Francis Drake. Okay, yeah. So I yeah. feel like that was the only one they didn't really mention when they were talking about the thing that when the you know the tough guy was telling them about the things he's done. Right. I, I yeah. feel like they touched on all of them. That's the thing. Like I don't know. I don't understand why it's been so hard for Sony to crack the code to this game. I think if you. If you I just no pitch idea. it as National Treasure and Modern Indiana Jones, like that should sell itself. Sold. Yeah. Exactly. Even people like Josh who don't know the game and the premise, like people want to see, you know, treasure hunters and history right. and yeah. It's like a genre of film that isn't really out there anymore. 
Like I don't I don't know other than National Treasure Treasure if there's been a movie series sort of after that or like that that sort of fills that niche and I can't think Tomb of Raider a little bit. Well, that's true. Uh, the yeah, newest yeah, one. But the the well I mean the before this Tomb Raider reboot the second Tomb Raider with Angelina Jolie came out the year before the first National Treasure. So you had from like 2007 was I think National Treasure 2. All the way to 2018, uh, yeah. yeah, with like with nothing really filling that genre. space. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, which which kind of sucks because it's a really fun genre to watch. Oh yeah, yeah. This this is one of those games where I love playing the Uncharted series, but if someone else was playing the game, I would just sit on the couch and watch them because those games are so well done, and they craft really good stories and character moments and stuff like that. It's just it's really fun to watch the characters interact. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I just want to I want to get your guys impressions. Was there anything else you want to dive into this cuz I feel like there's certain things I just want to gush about from this thing before we move on. <laughs> I want to try to get through it cuz I know we have a lot of stuff to cover. Yeah, go ahead. Gush. <laughs> so, I thought it was re- shot really really well. There were certain camera movements that I think I haven't seen done and maybe it's just because it's a short film, but even the long shot of them coming up the driveway at the very first and the camera kind of spins around in that wide shot, that was really cool. The reveal of Nathan Drake, of just dragging him in covered, you get the very close-up shot of the Sir Francis Drake ring around his neck, which that alone gave me goosebumps. And you rip off the the head to reveal Nathan Fillion's Nathan Drake. I thought that was really expertly done. Um, The fight scenes, he fights like he does in the game. Just wildly swinging and hitting people. Cheap shots, that's what he does in the game. Like That, to me, was fantastic. Um, even just him spouting all the history stuff when he finds a clue, they do that in the game to move the plot forward. That worked really well in the short film. After he falls out the window, and then the black bars at the top of the bottom of the screen disappear and it becomes full screen, just like you're ending a cutscene in the game and then getting to the action part, that made me giddy. And the -the over-the-shoulder that follows that instantly? Yes, yes. Yeah. (laughs) All of... It was just it would to me it was pitch perfect and I I if they do some if they continue this somehow with Nathan Drake I feel like you have to bring this director around with him because he completely understands what needs to be done and how to shoot it and I thought it was fantastic and great and I'm done you guys can chime in I was gonna say that <laughs> I know it's for you that all being done in one shot the over the shoulder thing yes yeah that I know that had you going because to me I'm watching that I'm like oh shit they're actually doing a shooting sequence all in one shot with multiple encounters going on I'd like this and it, that was actually to me the thing that stuck out from the director on it was like that's awesome well done yeah yeah and even just like getting the coordinates at the end with the with the bracelet like fun clues like that to piece the puzzle together to move you on to the next thing all that it was ah it's so great okay I'm done. You, anybody else? <laughs> I would love to see more of that. I was entranced through the entire thing. I thought, uh, you know, Nathan Fillion, as usual, was had perfect comedic timing, and you know, yes. he looks the part. He, it's almost like he thinned up for that too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's been on Modern Family for a while, and he definitely is a a little bit looks more in shape like he actually looked like he put some muscle on too yeah 
Josh, anything, final thoughts, anything else for it? Um, no, not much more than just the overall uh, enjoyability of it. And yeah, if they decided to move, I mean, I'll say this, if I, th- I feel like I would enjoy this based on a 15 minute premise and presentation Honestly, more than I did having seen Assassin's Creed. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Yeah, they're both like adventure style movies. Yeah, and I kind of, I mean, I kind of knew the basic, basic, basic idea of Assassin's Creed as well. But I mean, I got to see that whole product, yeah. and this looks more enjoyable to me than that, you know, finished item. Right. Latest I heard was that. The film, the director, and I should have wrote that again. I should have wrote down his name to give him some credit, but I, I didn't. Um, he was getting some responses after the short film came out from he wouldn't say who or what they were about. Um, but he had mentioned that people had approached him about trying to continue this somehow, some way. So whether it ends up being a movie, I think web series was thrown around. Um, I watched that web series. Yeah, so I feel like the web Netflix. series is more likely. Get him on Netflix for a, an actual series. Let's get twelve episodes of this. Yeah, I think I think if Sony has a, a set plan for their movie with Tom Holland, then if they if they can just sign off and let these guys make some sort of a short web series that they put online, that would be I would be fine with that. Yeah, and even if they put it behind a paywall, I will pay to watch this series. Um, all right, I've. I've said it, I think, enough that I need to say about Uncharted. I loved it. Uh, Moving on. We're going to go start with the trailers. Um, We're going to start with uh, Godzilla, King of Monsters. So this is the sequel to Gareth Edwards' Godzilla from 2014. Um, And it shows a lot of the monsters, I think, they were teased at the end of Kong Skull Island. Um, This Godzilla sequel is not directed by Edwards. Uh, I actually had to look up who this is because I didn't remember who was directing it. but But it's directed by... Michael Dougherty, um, and it's due out in May of 2019. So, from the trailer, what did you guys think? Who wants to start? I'll let you guys go first, because I've got a lot. (laughs) Good, Andy. (laughs) Um, I'm confused, honestly, (laughs) (laughs) about about the trailer. Um, I thought it was cool that they kind of gave us shadowy figures of all the lovable you know old titan monsters of godzilla godzilla's past um and bobby Millie brown's in it and i think she does an excellent job in stranger things so i'm pretty excited that she's going to be in this and i think vera vera formiga is that her name isn't it i think that's as close as any of us are formiga (laughs) yeah i think it's formiga okay well i was close um she's the one from source code right She's in a lot. She's in a lot, yeah. I feel like that's the only thing I know her from. And you don't watch horror, so... Yeah, I don't, so that's probably where I'm missing. Um, I think she's done a good job in everything I've seen her in, so I'm excited about her, too. Um, other, like, I, I just, I guess I don't understand the premise of it, other than, hey, here are all these monster titans. Cool. Slick. I... <laughs> I'll shed some light on that when I go. <laughs> Josh, you want to jump I, in? Go ahead, Josh. I go ahead. Um, I, I, I'm, I mean, it looks like a, an awesome monster adventure action 
movie. Um, depending on whether some things they depicted are, I don't want to say dream sequences per se, but it looks like the Earth gets freaking annihilated. Yeah. Um, which I only find, which I guess, if you have these massive things, if you have enough of them, like, that's what's going to happen on a big enough scale in certain areas. But then it also makes me wonder where is not, like, what what area of the world is going to be left that's not going to be, like, knocked back to the Stone Age that you have anything, (laughs) like, that you have anything left to be the stage for Godzilla vs. Kong. Because that's going to happen. Skull Island. I, I guess, but it just, it, I, it, I don't know, de- just depending, I, depending on how everything shakes out, it, it's, it's one thing, it just, um, I thought it looked really cool, honestly, I, I liked the 2014 Godzilla quite a bit, and, um, the way that I remember them advertising that movie, the way they cut those trailers, um, and then the way the movie just kind of played out, like, this, this definitely seems to stay in line with that, that style of the storytelling, of, of you know, Godzilla and his adversaries, I guess you'd call them, but um, I don't know, I, I, this this probably, like, once I look at my calendar, this might probably make my top ten list for next year. I don't know how high it's gonna get, but um, this so far looks a lot better than I thought it might have. Okay. Yeah. Um... I, I enjoyed the trailer. I'm looking forward to this one. I think there's a lot of really, really cool monster shots. Um, specifically, like, the the end of it, Godzilla flanked by a bunch of jets. That was fucking sweet. Um, the, the one shot I think that really stuck with me that I really, really liked was the shot that shows... You're really high up. You're looking down on a city. You see the shadow of, I think, Mothra flying over it. And then you see, like, the shockwave of him flying over the city, just causing a bunch of destruction below. I thought that looked really cool. Uh, even that, the reveal of like the wings was fucking sweet. <laughs> the the destruction was under Rodan, not Mothra. Yeah, okay. See, I don't know enough Stupid. about the names of the monsters to know which one's which. You thought it was Mothra. Well, Rodan's the one that looks like a pterodactyl. Oh, see, yeah. I don't even see anything about them in that one. Did they show like a clear shot of Rodan in the trailer? Yeah. Okay, he, then I missed but yeah, that completely. Like the molten wings, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I, I thought all those shots were Mothra. No, no Mothra is like a giant butterfly. Yeah. Or okay. Moth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... First thing I'll say is... Um, if you look back and putting these three monsters in this movie... Actually, really... in the three monsters I'm talking about, since we didn't mention King Ghidorah... Are Rodan, Mothra, and King Ghidorah... Um, having them in three headed one, right? Yep. Yes. Yes. Um, having them in the same movie together is kind of a big deal, um, because they were all three in the first ever movie that King Ghidorah appeared in, which was, I think it was called something like King Ghidorah, the three headed monster. And in that movie, Ghidorah is powerful enough to force Godzilla, Mothra, and Rodan to team up to take it down. Not to fight each other. Now, it's, I mean, it's really ridiculous in the movie. They actually, like, talk to each other with subtitles. <laughs> like, it, you know, I mean, it's, it's those old kaiju movies. But 
they actually talk to each other and like discuss that like oh mothra comes and's like hey you have to help and they're no we're not going to help you you're an enemy and then mothra gets his ass kicked by Ghidorah, and then they kind of team up after that when they see him get his ass kicked they're like okay let's team up and take down Ghidorah. um so the seeing them there it makes me wonder is that going to happen again um are they going to do some formula with that and the thing that I don't think a lot of people picked up on in the trailer, um, that evidently it's it's there if you watch it again and look for it. Um, evidently, Vera Farmiga's character is going to be able to communicate with these things in some way. Um, and I think we see that when you see Millie Bobby Brown or like looks like she's going to touch Mothra on the head yeah. at one point in the trailer. Yep. And I think that's going to play into that in some way, where they actually figure out how to communicate with Mothra. Um, that would be really interesting to see what happens with that. Um, and of course you're going to get your gigantic throwdown. Because, you know, I, I, I'm hoping... Part of me's like, yeah, let's just see Godzilla kick Mothra's ass, see Godzilla kick Rodan's ass, and you know, then I don't, I don't care whether they team up or not. The Godzilla and King Ghidorah fighting is going to be amazing. Um, and that, King Ghidorah is your main villain here. Um, you, you can get that from uh, what's his name at the end of it, near the end of the trailer, says like, "All hail the king." Uh, that he's referring to King Ghidorah when he says that. That was oh, actually okay. like that. That was actually something when they I, I, I looked this up because I saw like I'm thinking to myself he's just talking about King Ghidorah, right? So I Google it, and that was actually like part of the um, marketing with the original film, All Hail the King for King Ghidorah and the Three Headed Monster. Uh, so I think that's going to be very very cool uh whatever final battle ensues um as far as the world getting destructed i i mean they kind of avoided that in the original film with them like battling it out over everest and you know just like a desolate mountain that they actually have this battle on but it doesn't look like they're going that way here. So, I mean, in the first movie, you already had, what, like, Vegas, San Francisco, Honolulu, just destroyed. Yeah. So what else is going to get destroyed? Everything. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let me ask you this. Uh... Rodan and Mothra, traditionally, are they good guys, bad guys? Where do they fall? Um, a little of both. Uh, before King Ghidorah, like the movie King Ghidorah came out, uh, there was Godzilla versus Mothra. Godzilla versus Rodan were both movies on their own, where they were villains. Okay. And then, in the King Ghidorah movie, they team up. And honestly, there's so many of those movies from back then after that. Uh, like, I want to say King Ghidorah appeared in, I would say anywhere from six to ten movies among those old Godzilla movies. 
There was even a Mecha King Ghidorah at one time. <laughs> uh, so, I can't remember if Rodan and Mothra remained on Godzilla's side the whole time or not. I seem to recall Mothra being more good guy after the first encounter than Rodan, but it's been a long time since I saw any of the old Godzilla movies. It's kind of where I was leaning, just I feel like from pop culture references, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, I feel like that's correct. I mean, he's a butterfly too, so he's going to be, you know. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> so, I mean... It, it it all leads into Godzilla versus Kong, so we you know that that's well, that begs the question: Do you think we're going to see King Kong at all in this movie? You know what? That would be awesome if Kong plays the ape role very well, and is like, "This is why apes win in this battle," and Ian can finally <laughs> suck it because he plays it smart. Ghidorah damn near kills Godzilla, and Kong just rolls in like, "Mm-hmm, yeah." There's not going to be a movie in a year, and he just kills Godzilla right at the end of this movie when he's injured. <laughs> <laughs> I could see them bringing in uh, um, King Kong in um, the teaser, like in the middle of the credits or after the credits. Yeah, I could see a post-credits yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't see them having the budget for what they already which are th- going th- to have. Plus, I'm that. sure they'll have references to him, but I don't think you would actually see him until like a quick snippet at the end. I'm curious then to see what they do with. King Kong and Godzilla, because if you have four monsters in this movie that lead to some epic battle fight in it, and then you go back to just doing King Kong and Godzilla, it's, it might feel a little bit underwhelming, I feel like. Unless, you know, we I mean, all assume that they team up against something at the end of their movie, so maybe that would be on par with this one, but as far as monster Mecha fights, Ghidorah. I feel like this is going to be pretty epic. Seem like it's on a grander scale than the bigger one that it's right it's it sounds like they're supposed to be building toward but this is going to be on a larger scale already don't forget that they also said well i mean like this is the thing one it's king kong versus godzilla so it's two iconic pop culture icons as opposed to king Ghidorah that some people know about and some people don't so it's going to generate the hype for that but also remember that we don't know how big Kong can get. Because they did say in his movie that Kong was not full grown. He was an adolescent. Or something along those lines. So... Your movie's gonna turn out like Rampage, isn't it? <laughs> no, I'm just saying... What if Kong gets to the size of Godzilla? And then how interesting does that fight become? I mean, I think if they... If they, like give you that sneak peek teaser trailer of Kong standing up and looking Godzilla in the eye. I think that's gonna... Like, that would be huge. Literally. Literally. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, after, I guess, you know, after we see this one, I think that's where I'm gonna feel like and maybe have a better understanding of what to maybe expect from the Kong Godzilla movie, but like like Josh was saying, I think right now, spectacle-wise, this one feels like it's going to be above and beyond what King Kong and Godzilla movie could be. Uh, well, uh, what if Godzilla doesn't even win at the end of this movie? What if this is an empire? And King Ghidorah downs Godzilla in some way. 
King Kong's the backup? Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm saying they team up to beat him. Like, the team up of Mothra, Rodan, and Godzilla isn't enough this time. Yeah, I mean, if you bring somehow bring, like, the same cast of monsters back in King Kong and versus Godzilla or whatever, and then you just throw in Kong, that would be upping the ante for me. But if you go from, like, four monsters to two monsters, and that's your movie, that, to me, seems underwhelming. I'm saying Ghidorah kills Rodan, Ghidorah kills Mothra. Kong, or Godzilla, rather, is able to retreat, but has to retreat. And he accidentally retreats to Skull Island. So you have an initial battle with Kong and Godzilla. But Ghidorah interrupts it in some way. And they they team up to right what is wrong in some All right. way, shape, or form. I'll buy that. You convinced Just, me. Ghidorah was a recurring villain. Like they, In the first film, when they team up against him, they just actually banish him to space. They don't even kill him. So, all right, I'll I'll buy that one. Uh, anything else for Godzilla? I'm excited to see it. Yeah, like Josh said, I think there's come to think of it, there's probably a lot of things on this list of stuff we're going to cover that have the potential to crack my top ten for next year. I agree. So. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on what else is coming. Um, now, oh, actually, I just thought of one caveat. So we, you know, we did not do a uh, anticipated 2014 list episode, mostly because the show didn't exist at that point. <laughs> but we did do one for 2017, and Kong Skull Island was pretty strong on several of our lists for that. And then we saw it. <laughs> uh, so... You know, just keep in mind, things can definitely change between how uh, marketing can be used to attract you and what the, you know, offerable product actually is. I feel like there was a quite a bit of buzz about the 2014 Godzilla, and I fucking love that movie. And they got the same amount of buzz for King Kong Skull Island, and it was just kind of meh for me. So. Right. It's like, this could definitely be hit or miss, but so far, right. I think it looks good. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I'm with Andy. I think the marketing, I felt like, for the f- first Godzilla from 2014 felt better yeah. than the marketing for Kong. Like, I, I, you almost had an instance going in that it is going to, that Godzilla was going to be better. I, I felt like. Um, and I feel like, just from this one trailer, that this is more in line with the marketing for the first Godzilla from 2014 than Kong Skull Island. I agree. And this is coming from the guy that had, Bradley, that had Kong Skull Island number three on his most anticipated for 2017. <laughs> Going to the stats now. I see. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I hey, keep you know around. what? I have these lists I on hand. I <laughs> love some kaiju giant monster movies. They're among my favorite types of movies. So, yeah, it was going to be there. And, yeah, it was a disappointment. Hey, Josh had his number seven. Yeah. Matt Matt Close had it for eight. So you, three out of the five people that did most anticipated it, it made Kong made their list. So yeah, I guess again, you know, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait till May, but we'll be quickly approaching. Um, all right, so let's move on to a movie that is 
Oh, I actually forgot this was coming out this year. That uh, Aquaman is coming out in December. I kept for some reason I keep thinking that's a 2019 movie, but it is coming out the end of this year. That's probably because most of their movies got pushed back three different times. <laughs> well, that could be, yeah. So, like, when is Flash coming out? Like 2086. Yeah, I was gonna say, does it does it have a release date? Because I don't even think they just got a director. I feel like recently. Yeah, so I think you're forgiven on not entirely remembering when it was. Yeah. Um, all right, so we get our first taste of Aquaman, his solo movie directed by James Wan. What do we think of Aquaman? Let me let me hit this one first. Um, I'm I'm actually pretty sold. Uh, the I I I really, and maybe Marvel mostly avoids these things unless they do it tongue in cheek. But this didn't really seem to be it. They need to limit the instances where they're doing moments like when he enters that sub and looks over his shoulder and says, "Permission to come aboard." It's really stupid <laughs> but out of uh out of that whole trailer that was really the only criticism i had i actually really dig how this looks i think for if you if you need any movie that could have over the top uh cgi and and environments and every like this is it like they should not have done so much on uh, Batman Superman and they definitely needed to scale it back and rework it on Justice League but this I think could actually really really work um, I, there was a lot visually that I, I saw that I don't want to say like they embraced the ridiculousness but it feels like they let go of the ridiculousness they they, they were still like like there's something about a lot of the Marvel characters, to, to draw a dichotomy, they, it seems like Marvel approached it as a way to ground what, um, what, what otherwise seems supernatural or what otherwise seems unbelievable. They created sort of a, a you know, call it a, a, a pseudoscience for it to exist in. Yeah. Um, now, to be fair, they... Now, they got around... You know, the, 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 the couple of characters that they have that are definitely on the fringes of that are, say, Vision and Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. But they at least found a way for that to sort of make sense within the framework that they created. So much of DC's characters just inherently were made to be unbelievable. Superman is an alien. Aquaman is a guy who has a culture that has lived underwater for thousands of years. There's just a leap there that you have to take in order for it to work. It feels like they embraced that leap, finally. In, in the world where it, it finally actually works. And we'll get to Shazam, you know, I'm sure either right after this or, or later, but it's sort of in that same vein. DC's problem was that they weren't acknowledging enough to the viewer that we understand that this is ridiculous. They were trying to sell it too much, like, you could go to downtown in the nearest city that you live, and this could really be happening. 
nope, yeah. nope, no, it couldn't. <laughs> um, but I, I, I thought and there's a lot to uh, the couple of times that I watched the trailer. There's a lot to the movie that they still haven't shown very explicitly is what I really took away from it. Um, there was not, for instance, there's not a very strong shot of Dolph Lundgren that I noticed that stands out or of Willem Dafoe. I forgot they were in the movie at all. Really. Exactly. And, and you know, maybe they're, maybe they're still working on scenes that those characters are in and they're not quite finished. Or maybe those moments weren't spectacular, you know, for the narrative that they're trying to craft for the trailer or whatever. But there was enough of it. Like, it seems like they they figured out, look, we can sell this like Finding Nemo. Look at all the underwater spectacle of it all. But we can also make you realize that there could be a compelling story here, but we're finally not going to give it all to you right away. That's, I, that's my take. I, I tend to agree on what you're saying about it. It looks visually stunning. Okay. Um, he's still Aqua Bro uh, more than yes. Aquaman. Which, you know what, if it's fun, go with it, because honestly, your fucking white bread Aquaman that was in the comic books was always a little bit boring as Arthur Curry, so I don't mind it so much. Um, and I, however, I felt like this trailer was really disjointed. Okay. Um, and then I came out of it and said... You basically just showed me that you're going to make an Aquaman movie. And, <laughs> like, and I don't necessarily mind it because, once again, we're not getting the story. You know, we're not getting these major, major story spoilers in any way. It's just kind of like, okay, here's Patrick Wilson. He's going to invade Earth. And here's Aquaman trying to stop him. Yep. And it's like, okay, that is fair. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I, I I don't feel like there was any hook there that pulled me in to want to see this any more than I already was interested. Like, they were either going to really flub this movie mm -hmm. and not embrace the ridiculousness of Aquaman talking to fish and things like that. And like they, but then you get armor on great white sharks, and you're like, okay, they're going to, you know, go headfirst into this. Still but, no sharks with lasers coming out of their eyes, though. Freaking <laughs> lasers. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I don't feel like the trailer changed anything for me about my anticipation of this movie, and I feel like. In some way, that makes it a failure of a trailer. Okay. Doesn't mean the movie's going to be a failure, but it, it didn't make me want to see it any more or less. All right. I Let's knew go. that Aquaman was a thing that was happening, but I <laughs> didn't know what to <laughs> expect, you know? Um, I feel like the trailer did make me want to see it. Um, okay. Because, uh, I mean, there was a lot going on that was, well, uh, let's unexplained and i, I kind of want to see the explanation of it um i know very basic things about aquaman like that whole breathing underwater talking to fish stuff but 
you know, I'm, I'm kind of uh, excited to see Jason Momoa in the, in, in the role. I still haven't seen Justice League, so um, I hear I'm not really? missing okay. a terrible amount with that. But uh, I still think it'd be worth seeing before Aquaman. Yeah, I'm going yeah, uh, to. Just, know, Justice League is definitely worth a watch. It's not as it's not quite as bad as others have been. It's not um, great. I yeah, would I'll... I would actually throw it a bone too because I uh, it was randomly on TV last weekend and Sarah left it on. I watched about an hour of it, mostly pr- like pretty much the beginning first hour, so to speak. Um, and it didn't. It, it feels better later. It's like step away from it for a while, go back to it, digest it differently, and it it, it doesn't it doesn't sting as badly. Okay. There was a lot of anticipation going into that movie. I think that's why I haven't watched it yet because I heard everyone was kind of like, "Well, it didn't meet expectations." Right, well, right. shit. <laughs> everyone so. kind of walked out saying, "Well, it wasn't terrible." Yeah, but they're not saying how good it was, so right. you're, you're left with that. So yeah, uh, I think that I, I'm I'm kind of uh, still expecting good things from it and i know i'm gonna be sort of let down so i i kind of don't want to let myself down with that so yeah but well get, i, I get do your... want to see i do want to see aquaman I, I i do like jason momoa and um i didn't know dolph lundgren or Willem Dafoe were going to be in it but yeah it looked like black mana would be cool yeah um, he does look cool mm-hmm. uh and i want to see giant fish battle fuck <laughs> <laughs> um Sort of like Josh was saying is like this colorful universe and that you see in the trailer and, and stuff like that. The one comparison that that keeps reminding me of, and I don't think it's a good thing, is the trailers for Green Lantern, which oh. tried to open up to a good colorful world that was trying to expand DC's. But I don't think that's where Green Lantern failed. I I I, th- I think it was a little bit more ambitious than what they needed to do, and I mean that movie had a lot of problems. But yeah, I don't know if. Well, it's true. Yeah, I don't know if expanding the universe was it was colorful. But... No, I'm saying like yeah, I feel like I still feel like Green Lantern is is bad as the uh, almost all of it was that that part of it that colorful bright. It was. I think, visually I think there was an over reliance on CG watch, but... for that movie, and I feel like this well, one is going to have the same problem. Because a lot of the CG in this, I don't know if it's unfinished, but it looks kind of wonky to me. And that may just be because the whole thing has to take place, or, you know, the majority of it has to take place underwater. And right, how which, do you, which how is going to add an that? element. That's the thing. It, I, that's why I think maybe this will be a little bit more forgiving, because the challenge of emulating anything in or underwater is really, really difficult. Especially with, like, and you've, there's a big difference between doing something like Finding Nemo and with something that is supposed to be, quote, you know, real, like people and, and actual, like, we're not looking at a cartoon, we're supposed to be looking like at a real at a shark, shark with armor on it. <laughs> well, true, but you, you get, you know what I mean? Like, I'm supposed to be looking at a person, a real human being underwater. That's a, a whole different challenge to get me to believe that as opposed to making a cartoon stingray. Um, but. It smiles and talks. Exactly. <laughs> um, but that, it, it, that's I I think this is gonna make more sense than because I Brian I think you you use the perfect word with Green Lantern needless CGI they yeah. could have done a lot more things practical a lot more things prosthetic they 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 could have approached it a different way they they just 
they were in space. But and and maybe that's where, for instance, like Guardians of the Galaxy succeeded so much because of the way that they thought about portraying space beings and cultures and and, and whatnot. As it felt real, to tactile. You could touch it. Almost. Yes, exactly. Where yes, where Green Lantern felt so much green screen all the time, nearly everywhere. The moment that they're not on Earth, or even if they are, like half the time, once he gets the ring, all of it is green screen. Nothing right. is believable. Right. Nothing is tangible. With this, I I I think I'm not expecting it to feel tangible per se because I don't know the idea of underwater depths. I don't know what it feels to be in space, but I do know what it feels to be above water at the very least. But underwater, I think they can get away with uh, a little bit more of it. But but is your problem, like, do you, do you think it just doesn't look finished, what they were showing, or it just didn't look like they put the, the correct type of time into it? Would, would, there's, was... there's certain things that work for me. I think, like, the, the wide shots of seeing underwater when you first see the city, all that works. Um, I'm even fine with like close-up shots of Momoa in water with his hair being CG'd and floating. I yep. can let that go. It's a lot of the wide shots where there's people in water that are supposed to be standing there or swimming or that's the stuff that just looks – it makes the people look noodly, if that makes sense. Like they're just wiggling around and to me that just screams fake and it pulls me out of it every time. Okay. Now, again, I don't know if it's just because the CG is unfinished. That could be something that gets polished and looks a little bit tighter when the movie comes out. But for the first trailer, there's just certain shots that are just like, well, that's just it just screams green screen to me and it pulls me out of the movie. And I, I personally felt like the shark that attacks the glass looked really good. And then the sharks you see later with the armor on them looked really poor. See, I was okay with all the sharks, all the animals. I thought looked fine. It's the people. It's the the people that are pulling me out of it. That's fair. The one thing I will say that I'll give this trailer is people are talking underwater and not not having to make stupid air bubbles that they do in Justice League, and that irritated the fuck out of me. So I'm glad yeah. they didn't do it in this movie. My only spoiler. Thought with that, come on, that's not a big. <laughs> My only thought with that. Where's was the that alert? <laughs> they had not they had not really developed a style of doing that that they could agree on by that point or that they thought looked well like good enough to portray that so they went with the you know the the method that you see it's, yeah it was it, like it, they de- they, de- they hadn't developed the technology to make people's hair wave like they're underwater so that the idea was just make an air bubble there so gravity takes over and everything's fine yeah it's still a bad choice don't get me wrong but where they were cutting costs somehow it probably cost yeah. a lot to animate hair that way so right. screw that time and um yeah so i'm i'm I guess more on the cautiously optimistic side for this movie. Like, I'm going to see it. I'm not expecting too much from it. It's not high on my anticipated list, I think, but it's definitely one I'd, I'd like to check out. Um, as far as, as far as DC movies, I'm, I'm much more excited for the next one we're going to talk about than this one, but that's, that's sort of where I'm at for Aquaman. Uh, any other thing else for Aquaman from you guys? I'd like nope. to see it, but I don't get out to the movie theater that much anymore. So I know what the hell is wrong with you. 
Uh, all right, so let's move on to DC's other movie, which was Shazam. Uh, this one's set to release in April of 2019. This is the one with Zachary Levi. Um, I should have looked up who directed this. I did not, because I don't feel like it's a uh, like a well-known director that I know of. I don't remember it being anyone. Wasn't Shaz- check real quick. I could be uh, not to hash this, but wasn't I think Shazam was another one that changed directors at least once? Because I think Aquaman did, Flash definitely did, and Shazam might have also. See, I didn't think Aquaman did. I remember James Wan being attached, and then it was rumored he was leaving when all the directors seemed to be leaving DC properties, but he said, no, I'm sticking around. He was on. Okay. Stuck with it. Maybe that's what happened. So the director for Shazam is David F. Sandberg, and I don't know who that is or what else he's done. Um, he has done a lot of short films. He did Lights Out. Oh. Okay. That is his only full film director credit. Uh, is that a no? flick? Oh, Annabelle Creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It says directed by two. That is very different to pull someone like, and like, I would, if I hadn't seen the trailer, I would think, oh, that could be very interesting. But I would not have guessed someone coming from those two previous films produce something that looks like this. Because it's yeah. very, very, very different. Genre, style, mood, feeling, all that. Yeah, because this... I Maybe I'll just start with this one because I'm feeling like I'm ready to go that way. Um, this one, it, it seemed like it was being pitched that way too, but it feels like big with superheroes. <laughs> which yeah. is yeah. great. Yeah. This, Like Josh was saying, this is a definite different tone, not just for the director, but for DC as a whole. I don't think they've had something with this type of fun, tongue-in-cheap, type of tone for a superhero movie that they've done before. And I think this was the trailer probably out of all the other ones that really surprised me the most. I didn't really know what to expect from Shazam. I don't really know too much about it other than it's a kid that transforms into a superhero uh, somehow based around magic. And I was really curious because I love Zachary Levi, what Zachary Levi was going to look like and how this was going to be portrayed with him as being a superhero and how well this was going to work. And I thought he fucking nailed it. And I think the, the, Internet seems to be giving a lot of shit to even just like the costume choice, like the lit up lightning bolt on his chest, which I think is awesome. People don't seem to like that. And I think that's a really cool costume choice. And I think you said, I think Zach nailed it. What he, he brings his sense of humor to the role, which I loved in Chuck and anything else that I've seen him in. And I'm really excited to see what he does in this movie being, being the main guy. All right. So, I just looked up real quick, and Josh was very right about the development of this. Um, it says, attached to write or direct the list is Peter Siegel, John August, William Goldman, Alex so- Alex Sokolow, Sokolow, Joel Cohen, Bill Birch, and Jeff Johns. We're all attached to it at some point. Um, what I recognize is Jeff Johns. One or two. Yeah, I don't recognize. Sort of sound vaguely familiar, but I mean, on the on the one hand, it's a bit like people quote attached to things don't necessarily mean that they were you know pretty much lined up to direct, and I, I recognize that. But um, well, what 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 happened is is like you know how for so long it was you know Dwayne Johnson rumored to be Black Adam Black and Adam, all yeah. that. 
for so many different iterations, and now that project with him as Black Adam in this movie fell through, and Black Adam's getting his own movie. Um, is the plan now. Yes. So... Which is yeah, a silly like, decision in and of itself to me. Yeah. I think the Dwayne Johnson got too big for his own good. In the last, like, two years, yes. Yeah, but think about how big this movie could be if Dwayne Johnson was going to be the villain. Exactly. So why not go for that instead of this... And you get it... You double he... your profits if you if this movie oh, yeah. does well enough, and then you can put... Dwayne Johnson in a spinoff by himself and reap the benefits of that one too and then team them up for a tri- for the third movie that just the grow it grows exponentially with each movie how much money you're going to make and I guarantee you that's what they're thinking yeah and, and this is where they go wrong is because they're doing the Zachary Levi movie first without the star power to get the popularity of Dwayne Johnson there I think this has a potential to be a very big sleeper hit True. It might underperform at the box office, but I, I definitely think word of mouth, just from the trailer, is going to help this movie, and I think once it hits home video, it's going to find a bigger audience, and it's just going to grow from there. Yeah, and I, and I think this trailer does a very good job of telling you, because not many people are familiar with Shazam and everything, so it does a really good job of building a little bit of a base for people to see, like, this is what happens here. This is how this is, you know, what you can expect out of this superhero movie. Given yeah. that you're inundated with superhero movies these days, this one has this to offer. It's actually a kid as an adult. Isn't that different? And I feel like that is going to play well. I, I lost count of the amount of times I laughed during this trailer. And I never thought I'd say that for a DC movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Figuring out all the superpowers and... When he's charging like, people's phones? Yeah, she's just walking by it. randomly. <laughs> and the whole line at the end of them walking out of the convenience store and he's got a handful of shit and he's just like, oh, hey, what's up? I'm a superhero. Like, that's totally what a kid would do. It's so great. <laughs> yeah. Levi delivers that line perfectly. Yeah, the, the, it, it definitely looks like it's going to be fun. And let's not forget the uh, between two worlds thing that Josh does. Uh huh. Yeah, there's two people in that. Mark Strong. Yep. And Levi. And oh, three of them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Levi, yeah. Who's the third? Wasn't that the Jimmy? Whatever. Oh, Jim and Hwansu. Yeah. Corey oh the yeah, pursuer. yeah, yeah. Yeah. You hear his voice, but you don't see his face. That's why I'm, I'm right. getting thrown off. Yep. Yeah, he's the wizard or whatever. I don't think I. I don't think I saw Mark Strong. Did I miss him. He shows up. He's there for a half a second. Yeah, he says like, "Oh, you're like a villain or something." Oh, you're the bad that guy, was and he tries Strong. to throw a punch at him. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you see him very, very, very briefly. Although, does it count if Mark Strong goes from DC to DC? I, f- I kind of forget the rules of the between two worlds. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes just because it it's yeah, obviously completely separated incarnations of okay. their uh, attempts on things like it. Like if um, well, okay, N- Nicole Kidman. We we skipped over Aquaman because we knew we wouldn't have time. But there's like five connections that I there's five entries on that was one you were talking about Aquaman earlier. that yeah, yeah. you know we 
um, could have gone over. And I think one or two of them we might have mentioned already in previous uh, segments when we've done it. But like Nicole Kidman was previously in a DC movie, Batman Forever. Yep. Now, now she's going to be in another DC movie. Aquaman. Would I put her on my list? Yes, I would, because they okay. have nothing to do with each other. Of course, now you got me thinking of Nicole Kidman and Batman Forever, like in her prime. Oh my god. Chase Meridian? Definite crush. <laughs> yes. Kick, kickboxing in her psychiatrist's office? Oh my god, yes. Back Depends. when she was married to Tom Cruise and was twice his height. <laughs> <laughs> he was wearing heels. She wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a poor fast midget. <laughs> poor fast. Um, Josh, Andy, you guys want to jump in on Shazam? Yeah, Andy. It looks fun. Um, I'm in. I've I've liked uh, Zachary Levi since his Chuck days. So, um, I don't know. It, it looks it looks fun. I'm in. It, I'd like to see it. But yeah. A little bit of a tangent. Mike and Josh, have either of you guys watched Chuck? No. I think I watched like half of the first season. You never finished it? No. Because you lost interest or? Mm-hmm. All right. I was going to suggest it for you to watch, but now I feel bad. <laughs> no, it's just, it just wasn't my, like the comedy just didn't ring with me i guess i don't know this is All like pop a, this is a long time ago that i tried to watch it like a long time ago i feel like with all the pop culture references that are in that show i feel like that would be more up your alley i mean anything with yvonne strahovski in it i'll give a second chance that too so josh i know you have a lot of stuff you're always watching but i'd still suggest this for you to check out at some point okay yeah it's it's uh, i uh I'm sure it'll make it down your list like three years from now, but it's something like that, yeah. Pencil Four it in there. seasons long, five. Five seasons long, five. Yeah, all right. Fifth, it might... fifth season, fifth season was shorter, but yeah, five seasons. It might be doable. I, uh, I think I could be wrong. I think my my friend Keeb and uh, his girlfriend Jess. I know they're big fans of Psych, which I know is a completely different show with no connections or actors, but that was also like a USA show that ran for a long time, and I'm pretty sure they were champions of, of Chuck as well. They're always talking it up. I could be wrong yeah. about that, but uh, yeah, I've always heard, you know, good things, but uh, I, I would say I'm, I'm happy that, you know, Levi, after a, after the effort and love that he's sort of poured in to the pop culture geek scene the last couple of years, yeah. just personally, not, not just the, you know, throwaway needless appearances in Thor, but, um, you know, the stuff that he does at, like, New York Comic Con. Or is it New York or, or San Diego that he, he does, does that? He, he used to do bigger stuff at San Diego. Okay. He, he His company had a presence at New York for a little while. I don't even yeah. know if his company is still going. Right, right. But, I mean, at, at the very least, like, that, that, that takes... You have to will something to be to do that. You have to care enough. I, I, I remember, I think it was around, like maybe like Thor the Dark World time or, or Avengers time, he had that sort of like little companion uh, event going on. And he, you know, got um, Tom Hiddleston to, like, yeah. to come into the studio and do like an hour-long interview, you know, in the studio with, you know, 50 fans. Yeah. You know, people people who care enough about a particular thing to do that shows that, 
he's an actor in it, but he just likes it enough. So it's That's nice thing. to uh, see him just getting like to go front and center and and be the main attraction finally. Yeah, that's what makes it fun is he is one of us. Yes. He is a fan of all this just like we are and he is now the starring role in part of the DC universe as a fucking superhero. Like that's a dream come true for anyone and I think that's something he could definitely bring out in his performance of of a kid. Like he he's an adult playing a kid, so that totally that frame of mind works for that portrayal too. So it all just feeds into that. I think it's going to be awesome. Um, do you, what do you guys think of the costume? Do you like the, like, lit up lightning bolt and stuff like that? Or are you kind of, meh? I think it's fine. Yeah, I don't see any issues with it. Okay. Yeah, I was kind of ambivalent. I, it was, you know. Fair enough. I'm just wondering if anybody had strong opinions like the internet. That's all. (laughs) Nobody has strong opinions like the internet. Yeah, it's, it's hard to compete with the internet's strong opinion. Uh, alright, anything else for... Shazam, or we'll move on to well. I have next. I have Clone Wars next. We'll talk about Clone Wars. You want to do the other DC one next? Uh, what was it? No, I no. Okay. Hmm. I'm trying to. I don't know how soon we're going to lose Andy, so I want to make sure we get the stuff that he. Oh, okay. More want to talk about. Um, so we'll move on to some Star Wars news. This is probably one of the biggest surprises I think for me to happen. It actually happened on the first day of Comic-Con. Um, it's the announcement that Star Wars The Clone Wars is getting a seventh season. Uh, this will be 12 episodes long. It will be exclusive to Disney's streaming service that comes out sometime in 2019. Yay. Uh, and I got to give props <laughs> to Andy. He actually he, he beat me to this one. I did not realize that this announcement was made. He texted me, really excited, and I was like, I don't believe you. I don't think that's going to happen. And then I looked it up, and sure as shit, it is happening, and it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> So, Josh, I know this probably doesn't affect you as much because I'm, you know, your peripheral Star Wars fan and yep. haven't seen this series. But I know Andy has. Mike, you've seen the Clone Wars, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I'm I'm sure the two of you are on on line with me here and just fucking ecstatic that this show is coming back. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, after the Netflix only season that they made and how awesome that season was. To get another season, even if it's only 12 episodes, which was the only disappointment here for me, yeah. was that it wasn't like a full Clone Wars 20-some episode season. So, Josh, if uh, you're just, since course. you're sort of unfamiliar, whenever Disney bought Lucasfilm, yeah. Clone Wars was a cartoon produced by Lucasfilm. It was on Cartoon Network, which was not a Disney-owned channel. Right. So we all kind of assumed that when the buyout happened that maybe Clone Wars would continue but just move to a different network. Sure. Disney decided to cancel the Clone Wars. Oh. Now, they were halfway through producing the next season, so then we got the the half of a season that came on Netflix. That was season six. But, and the, then, but uh, okay, so it got to season six, so I imagine it was pretty well received, it was well liked. I think season five ended on such a cliffhanger that no one expected it to get canceled, and then it got canceled. Yep. And then they basically said, well, we're halfway through production. We finished, you know, six or seven episodes. We need to put it out somewhere. And finally, the Clone Wars ended up on Netflix. So they put it out as a Netflix only season. And then they even had storylines that were still in previs, not finished computer effects for some of the episodes. They released like three or four episodes on StarWars.com and was like, these are considered canon. They are part of that final season, but they're not finished. If you want to see more of the story, they're out there. 
Some of the stories they tied off in novels or comics after it got canceled, but it never got a proper ending. Okay. So this is now, they're re- finally coming back and revisiting it. Rebels has ended. That lasted four seasons. So now they're coming back to Clone Wars. So wait, back, um, and back me up. How long has Clone Wars been off the air or how long has it been in between? They celebrated, the whole reason for the panel was a 10 year anniversary. What I don't remember if it was 10 years since it got since it ended or 10 years since it started mike or andy do either of you remember when it started i i would ended? say i would say started okay um, yeah because like 2008 this... sounds about right for when that movie came out yeah because disney the clone wars movie. disney didn't buy lucasfilm until after it bought i want to say after it bought marvel yes yeah so that was like 2013 I actually can tell you, because I remember, very specifically, that I have this sitting next to me. Don't ask me why, but it's sitting next to me. It's Land of the Lost, the Will Ferrell version. And I actually saw Land of the Lost and the Clone Wars movie as a double feature at the drive-in. So they should be the same year. <laughs> oh, so that, wait, that was it. a theatrical release? The first, the, there was a movie. Yeah, George Lucas's proof of concept of the of the Clone Wars TV series was to release the first three episodes as as a theatrical release. Oh, okay. Well, the DVD says two thousand nine, so I'm assuming the movie's two thousand eight. Okay, well that's so, something yeah. different. Quick Google search says that Disney buys Lucasfilm in twenty twelve. Okay, so maybe they bought Mar- they bought Marvel like right around the same time. There was not that much in between, not that far. So, okay, but that's about the timeline that I thought. Disney buys Marvel in 20, 2009. What? Yeah, yeah, they they definitely bought Marvel first. Well, I knew they bought it first, but I could have sworn... I guess I'm, I'm wrong. I thought either Avengers or Iron Man 3 was the first one to be released, sort of like officially under the Disney banner. Because 2009 would have made it like Iron Man 2 or Thor... Uh, but maybe they already had deals with other I know, distributors I feel like 2009 would have made it like Iron Man or Incredible Hulk, wouldn't it? Uh, well, Iron Man and Incredible Iron Hulk Man, were I think 2008. Was 2008, yeah. But, but yeah, it could have so... been that they already had distribution deals or whatever in place with other studios for those first couple of films, so Disney couldn't necessarily put their name on it. Yeah, I always thought okay. the first one that sort of showed up under Disney was the Avengers. I think you're right. Okay, wow, but that okay, so yeah, but the the financial deal or whatever behind like that, I was completely off. All right, seems like just doing another quick search. Every three years, Disney was buying a company, <laughs> which, come to think of it, makes sense. Okay, 2006, Disney buys Pixar. 2009, Disney buys Marvel. 2012, Disney buys Lucasfilm. I don't know if they bought anything in 2015, but if we go another three years after that, 2018, 2018. Disney buys Fox. So maybe by 2021, they'll buy Delaware? They will own everything, yeah. Sony? <laughs> yeah, Sony might be more likely if they keep bleeding money out of their movies. Or at least maybe Sony's, like, movie division. Sony Pictures. Yeah. That could happen. Um, so, yeah, this... that. Anyway, that's sort of why it's a big deal, I think, for Star Wars fans. We never expected to get a proper finale to the series, and now it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, I, what is it? The excited. last episode of what exists now is Yoda and Darth Bane as a Force ghost, isn't it? 
I, th- yeah, I remember a lot of the Yoda centric episodes for the, the that final half season. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's like the last episode, last couple scenes you get are him having an encounter with a Force ghost of Doth- Darth Bane, and it was a really big- awesome scene. And it was like, now what? You the know? big storyline and- that everybody wanted wrapped up was what happens to Ahsoka after of season course. five being as cryptic as I can for people that may or may not have seen that stuff. And we sort of get answers to that in Rebels, but there's still a gap in between there that we don't know what exactly went down. So it's going to be really, really exciting to see how they tie that up. Yeah. More Ahsoka means I'm in 100% of the way. I want more Ahsoka for what happens in between. I want a series there and a series for what happens after Rebels. Yeah. Just... I still haven't more. I still haven't watched the last two episodes of seasons of Rebels. Last two, two episodes or last two seasons? Two last two seasons. You need okay. to do that. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure I caught up on season two. Okay. Well, okay. Season two's I'm half finale sure. <laughs> is unforgettable. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you would remember season two's finale very clearly if you saw it. That's the one episode of Rebels that sticks with me 100%. I can remember all of that. So. Um, but I'm not going to spoil it if you haven't seen it. So yeah. Thank God someone <laughs> with the spoiler warning. Oh, don't start that crap. I've been pretty tame. <laughs> um, how do you, like, Josh, I don't know if maybe this will affect you as much because if you're not clamoring for this show, it might not matter to you, but more directed to Andy and Mike. Since this is going to be exclusive on Disney streaming services, I don't know for you to pay for that service whenever it comes out. Are you guys sold on at that least yet? for a one month fee to watch that? Yes. Is it going to be the entire is the entire season going to be released at the same time, or is it going to be a weekly thing? I feel like CBS may have started a trend, and I don't know if anybody else actually does this. Hulu might have did this too. I don't know, but. Uh, you pay for the monthly subscription, but they still release weekly episodes. Mm-hmm. So it could be something like that. If they obviously, if they want to prolong your subscription, mm-hmm. they can release one episode every over twelve weeks to get you four months worth of a subscription. Or you could just subscribe after that and watch them all. You could, yeah. I mean, for me, I think the whatever this Disney service tent is going to end up being, I feel like it's already got my money. So this is just more icing on the cake for me that I'm gonna definitely i'm getting this yeah I, like i'm playing the wait and see what it actually is game yeah that's p- kind of where i am at this point like, i think i would probably wait for that season to be out on blu-ray see i don't they did, made no mention of a home video release and i don't know if they're ever going to do that if it's, it's considered to be exclusive for the streaming service yeah that would be a very disney thing to do not allow any other access to it except through I mean for like CBS CBS has Star Trek Discovery is their big main draw for their streaming service that has not got a home video release that is strictly on their service and that's it well that's what Rebels was was strictly on Disney XD and they all got video releases but that's still cable network yeah that you have to pay additional for true but I'm I'm just thinking like other precedent for other exclusive digital streaming service shows. So you're telling me those... that that Star Trek Discovery isn't going to get yeah. any DVD? I see. I've seen they're all. You can't get it on Amazon. 
I don't know. Like, do, do, like a box set or no, like digital. Just to buy the season. Uh, let me try to do a quick search. I didn't think so, but maybe I'm wrong. I have no idea because I. I'm not. I'm not into Star Trek enough to pay for CBS's service just to watch a show. So it, it was never. If it was going to be like. So if you go to Amazon. Uh. You can watch or buy the first season, but it directs you to CBS All Access. I think it'll. I, I think it. I mean, contradicts the point of having a digital service. I think it works against your business model. If the point is to create exclusivity, yeah, you want people to. Be, you want have, the only the only destination to be able to find that thing, right? And while they still could maybe justify it a bit later by saying, well, we're trying to still serve a market that isn't going to go in for this. And we're trying to, you know, pick up some extra dollars from those. I, I don't know, like, it, you know, we're going to talk about Titans in a little bit. It, it just, some of these things there, there's been an inevitable move from clunky media to compact media to digital media to some degree there is got to it's got to still follow that eventually i don't see there being any point in creating all these digital online services or something that you watch on a screen through that way just to then produce something physical yeah well think about like how many netflix exclusive shows have a home video release this is true I know there's some exceptions. Like I think like Orange is the New Black you can find on on home video. Stranger Things got a first season release. I know you I saw the other day I was in the store, I saw Jessica Jones. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the others, but I'm assuming like Daredevil yeah, and Luke Cage probably did. I've seen the first season mm-hmm. of Daredevil out there, but I didn't see a, the second season of Daredevil out there. I've never really looked, but I've accidentally seen a couple of the Netflix seasons from Marvel. You mean know, just random Seeing them walking through the store, so that could be more of a Marvel thing to try to get more, like get more money for Marvel because Marvel doesn't own Netflix, so they don't. No, but I, I I can see them both being in favor of it. Whereas Marvel saying like, "Yeah, sure, sell it for us," and Netflix is saying, "We'll let people see it that don't have the service," and maybe they want the service then because they see they can get this sooner if they have the service. Yeah. You yeah, know, I guess it, I'm just trying to figure out the business model of what Disney could do for the, with their streaming stuff if they would actually do physical home video releases. My gut is telling me I no, doubt it. but yeah, on the, on on Disney's, I feel business like they model, could make money on it though, and I feel like they wouldn't pass that up. But, but I feel like these... we're at the stage where there's more people that are going to sign up for a streaming service than buy a physical disc, right? And so is it cost effective for them to produce all these physical discs to put on retail stores that no one buys, right? And there's obviously there's a profit in being made to sell a physical disc. That's why they it's priced in a certain way. But is it really worth the hassle? Is the overall aggregate amount of profit you could get from the sale of those really worth the headache to them? And I mean, time will tell. We'll see what they end up doing. But if if I had to make a bet, I would say that they don't do it. Yeah, because I'm figuring it's cheaper and easier for them just to release it digitally on their platform and be done with it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, I can use myself as an example on that is 
I mean, I, I won I won the fantasy movie league. I went out and bought physical copies of discs for that because that was kind of the rules of it. <laughs> but before that, I actually can't tell you when the last time I bought a physical disc was. Even for things that I was like collecting, like the Marvel movies. I think the last one that I actually bought was Winter Soldier. It's hmm. the last one I actually have a physical copy of. Okay. All the rest of them are, from there on, it's all digital. Good. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't buy any physical movies anymore. Like, don't get me wrong, if I'm walking through Walmart and I see, you know, a $5 copy of a Blu-ray that I don't have on digital, yeah, I'll buy it for 5 bucks because, you know, I don't have it in HD yet, so yeah, sure. And the digital is going to cost a full movie price, in yeah. all likelihood. So well, even yeah, if they, okay, bucks. let's say they don't put it on on DVD, Blu-ray, put it in like a Target store or whatever. They, do you think they'd sell the season on the side digitally? One Possibly. would hope. That, I don't know, that's where I think like the this Amazon is. example for Discovery is: you go to Amazon, you search Star Trek Discovery, it points you to season one. But when you try to buy it, the only link it says is start your seven-day free trial of CBS All Access. Ugh, so it, it points you back to the, to the exclusive site. I mean, I get, you know, TV, cable networks are struggling a little bit in a digital age. So they're trying to find that... Trying to find that profit any which way they can. And to me, exclusivity has... It, it's worked in some cases, but it's not... It's not going to work unless you're producing content like what HBO and Stars have gotten. Like when The Sopranos is a good example of exclusive content. You could only get that from watching HBO or buying ridiculously expensive box sets at the time. Because of just how big the seasons were. So it would be like $100 for a season. Or you could subscribe to HBO. And unless you're getting quality content like that. I don't see exclusivity working out that well. There's something to be said for that. I, I, it's just one example. There's, I mean, HBO and... It stars are the two I think of. Showtime may have some, I'm not sure, but you you think of Westworld and The Sopranos and Spartacus. They, they, there's so many shows that you can go down that are top quality that you could only get in those places. And that's why the exclusivity worked. And getting movies available to watch long before other sources at that time was a big deal. Now there's many other sources. But Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. I think there's I I definitely don't think it's going to be the only exclusive thing on Disney's thing. I'm sure they're going to have a bunch of other exclusive maybe made for the service shows or something like that. But as far as being the first one that they sort of officially announced for that service, I mean yeah, they're they're gonna rape and pillage me out of my money with Star Wars and yeah. Marvel content. 
Like yeah. it's what it's what they're gonna do. I don't I don't and, like the trend, but uh, you know I'll have to. Don't they'll force me into submission at some point. I'm sure. <laughs> yep. I'm gonna riot. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna riot. riot. Let's start it, a riot. It may come alongside with like digital cancel riot. Hulu or it's something like that and pick up Disney. Um, it's really gonna depend too on what they actually charge, because yeah. Disney is known for being overpriced on things. No, so I don't know what you're talking. We about. We will have to see what they actually <laughs> think is a price point that's reasonable. Yeah, it, all they all we keep hearing is that the streaming service is coming out sometime 2019. I don't know if it's early 2019, late 2019. We'll have to wait and see. And once we get details on that, I'm sure we'll talk about it. Um, any final thoughts for Clone Wars? I'm super pumped. Uh, I think I'm probably going to rewatch. The StarWars.com chronology of the originals right before the 7 comes out. Yeah, that'd be a good list to print and start just crossing them off as you go. Yeah, the the only thing that bothers the shit out of me with that, though, is is the, the Netflix autoplay. Is, it's like, no, stop, 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 I don't want to watch that next <laughs> yeah. episode, fucker. <laughs> that, that's why I don't watch that chronology. I've watched it once that way. Like the the straight through Netflix way? No, no, they like the chronology way. Oh, okay. they're doing it correctly. I've watched it once that way, but I can't fuck around. Like I'm too lazy. I just <laughs> let Netflix play. Like it's. I I wish Netflix would let you do uh, uh like a playlist. Playlist. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. So for Netflix. anyone else that. Just wants to um, get into clone, start for, from the beginning for Clone Wars before this next season comes out. Um, they're if you watch them in the order that Netflix has them, they are not technically in the correct order. There is a chronology that you should be watching them in. Um, so, like Andy said, either go to StarWars.com or just Google search Star Wars Clone Wars chronology, and it'll give you a list of episodes that you should be doing. Yep. It it bounces around a lot in the beginning, but by the time you get to like the third or second or third season i think you can pretty much go straight through uh, the, there's the a couple a of rocky. divots but there's a lot of jumping around at first and then you you, you get into long patches of watching uh consecutive episodes and then you'll jump to another one and yeah i think i'd heard um dave filoni talk about making that show and he kept saying the one thing that george lucas loved more than just telling really good stories is telling prequel stories yeah so they would be in the middle of telling a story arc, and George would be like, well, wouldn't it be fun if we went back and told this story? And he'd be like, okay, George, we'll try to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so then they had to sort of make it fit somehow. So there were characters that, like, disappeared, but then came back months later in another episode. And you're like, wait, wasn't that character gone? Well, that's okay. This takes place before that, but they're not going to tell you that. So it's really kind of confusing. So, yeah, keep that in mind if you want to restart the series. It will It's a nice little uh, PSA for you guys. Um, all right, so I think we got three more to go, but I think we're going to lose Andy now. Yeah, I got to jump off and head to work. Woohoo! Right when we get to Harry Potter 2. Oh, no. Harry Potter 2? Didn't that movie come out a long time ago? Who you know what I mean? <laughs> Harry Potter also. As well. Uh, I actually think we're going to lose Josh for this one, too, because Josh doesn't want any spoilers for this one. Yeah, I, I watched the first trailer that we did the uh, the review for in the commentary, but uh, yeah, from here on out, I'm trying to go into blackout mode again, so. That will work. All right, Andy, uh, 
we will catch you, I guess, another time. We'll try to have you back hopefully soon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. Talk to you later, guys. All right, we'll see, All right, you. see you. Bye. Sir. See you later, dude. All right, so we have jettisoned Andy and Josh. I guess, how do you want us to do this? Do you want us to – you just going to take the earbuds out and we'll yeah. text you or something when we're back? Yep, I will uh, throw on my cloak of invisibility and <laughs> my uh, cone of silence. <laughs> Muffliato. Yes, yes, good call. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just give me a buzz when you're finished and we will – Continue the journey. All right, hang by your phone. We'll let you know. Yeah. All right. We have Alrighty. cut the the crew in half. It is just Mike and I. We will be covering the latest trailer for Fantastic Beats, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Um, this is the one that continues the story of Newt's commander, introduces Jude Law's Dumbledore, and shows us more of Johnny Depp's Grindelwald. Now, when it comes to the Harry Potter stuff, I, I defer to these guys, so that I'm... I would have left it up to Andy and Josh. Josh cut out. Andy left. Mike, you're pretty good with this stuff, too. So I'm just going to sort of send it over to you. What stuck out to you that you want to touch on from this trailer? <sighs> so much. Um, <laughs> there, there's a lot going on in this trailer. Some things I wish they would have left out. The inclusion of Nicholas Flamel at the end of the trailer. Okay, I felt like he should be important, but I don't know who that person is. Uh, he was the last owner of the Sorcerer's Stone before uh, okay, Harry. Okay. Bef- well, I guess supposedly before uh, Dumbledore. I guess Dumbledore finds it from him and puts it into the Mirror of Erised that way. Right. Okay. Um, which that to me is uh, very interesting. He was. I, I can't remember the exact lore on whether or not he created it. I believe so that he created the stone. Well, it said he was um, like some sort of alchemist or something, right? So Yes, and that's why he's he, so old. Yeah. It's because he has the stone and it keeps right. you alive. Right. Um, I would have preferred not to know he was going to show up. Yeah, yeah. Like, just... See, now I feel bad that I'm forcing all these guys to watch these trailers. No, 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 no. I was going to watch that trailer one way or the other. Okay. Like, I'm, not, I'm not... I don't avoid spoilers like that. I just get aggravated when they put them in trailers. We were talking before the show. I can't remember if you were here or not when we were, when we were talking before the show. Um, when Andy and Josh were there, I mentioned to Josh, like, okay, you're trying to avoid uh, Fantastic Beasts. I was like, Andy, did you want to avoid that too or, or what? He's like, well, you told me to watch the trailer, so I didn't watch the trailer. I was like, well, you got to tell me. Like, if you don't want to watch it, I'm not going to force you to watch it. I, I totally respect the spoiler culture and stuff like that. So, yep. yeah, I kind of felt bad making Andy watch it, but he seemed like he was okay with that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, for this, I wasn't going to avoid it. There is times I will avoid trailers because of spoilers, but this wasn't that case. So are you on media Um, blackout after this one for this movie, or are you still going to watch the other uh, one? You know, this movie, and I'm going to make the comparison here very simple, um, because we go, you know, you and I both, we spend a lot of time at the theater. We see a lot of movies in the theater. We see some things multiple times. Um. And I am honestly so sick of the first trailer for this movie. Kind of the same way I was so sick of the... Yeah, this and Mission Impossible, they have been spamming us with in the theater for the last six months. Yeah. Seven months, whatever it's been. Every movie you go and see, you're getting a Mission Impossible, you're getting a 
Fantastic Beast trailer, it'll actually be kind of refreshing that this will be the one in the theater from now on. Um, <laughs> well, the good news is like, you don't have to wait too much longer. This one comes out in November. Yeah, yeah, it's not so much longer, and honestly, I was very relieved that Mission Impossible came out, and I don't got to see that trailer anymore. <laughs> um, you know, it's like, it, it's just too repetitive, and like, I was actually, it's off topic, but I was happy with the little intro they were giving for a while there, showing, like, Tom Cruise actually piloting the helicopter and stuff like that. It yeah. was something that wasn't, like, I, it's not that I mind Mission Impossible, I just was so sick of seeing the same exact thing over and <laughs> over, you know? So, I'll be glad to have something different in the theater to watch as a trailer. Um, I think there's a few cool things um, to take note of that we see here. Um, you know, seeing Dumbledore give the class the same drill with the Boggart that Lupin was giving the class, that's awesome. That was yeah. an awesome little inclusion with young Newt there as well yeah. that was kind of it. i wasn't expecting that i wasn't expecting that we would get to see dumbledore teaching a class yeah. at any point like i didn't think much of this was going to take place at hogwarts i felt like there was going to be a scene or two and then we're off to france we're off to the u.s we're we're all over the place right because it felt like it still feels like this is gonna be rather globe trotting um as far as all the locations it seems like they're gonna be in uh can I point out one thing that I was pretty proud that I caught? Sure. That there's one shot, I'm assuming it's Johnny Depp's Grindelwald holding the Elder Wand. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. Um, those who have read the book know all about that whole thing. Um, have you read the books? I can't remember. I have not, no. Okay. So, those who have read the books know that Grindelwald has the Elder Wand at that time. Okay. They're, yeah, they're I know, aware I, they of showed, everything that happens and all that. That It was like a real close-up shot of the wand, and I was like, oh, wait, I know that wand. That's important. And then I, I made a note of that in my notes. Yeah. Yeah, that... Um, I'm not going to spoil anything for you, because I feel like part of what I might spoil could be one of the pinnacle moments of this whole Fantastic Beasts thing. Okay, that's so, good. Yeah, of like the whole Moving series, on. not even just this one. <laughs> Um, so yes, moving on. I think we see a few cool new beasts that yeah. we didn't really get a look at in the first trailer. And um, we had talked about that when we talked about the first trailer, is that for being something called Fantastic Beasts, there were not a lot of beasts that were shown in that trailer, so we are getting a taste of that this time, so that's good. Yes, yeah, like the weird cat things, those were friggin' cool. Yeah, yeah. And then the thing that I don't have any words to describe near the end of the trailer that has... The big hairy thing. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the hell to call that thing. But looked cool, you know. So there's definitely some some beasts happening here. Um I think we were trying to figure out in the last trailer we talked about whether or not Credence was in the movie. We had talked about it, but it would like I had confirmed for you there that he was. Yeah, it took some digging was, in that first trailer because he wasn't explicitly shown or talked about there. It was very quickly. Right. Yeah, it was like snap, quick cut out of him being there. And this and one I'll... definitely confirms it. You get a lot better looks at him here. Well, they say him by name. That's true. So yeah, somebody, that too. Yeah, yeah, somebody yeah. even says his name. It, but yeah, it is definitely Credence. We don't know how he's going to play into this story. What role is Credence going to play in the story of Dumbledore, Grindelwald, and Newt? 
because, you know, like, as a side story, Credence is great. Ezra Miller did a fantastic job the first time. So getting to see more of that character and how it's going to tie in, I am thoroughly looking forward to. Sidebar, um, did you happen to see the pictures of what Ezra Miller wore to the panel for Fantastic Beasts? No, I... He came dressed as Sexy Toadstool. <laughs> I'm talking like thigh highs, stockings, and like pink skirt and a pink little mushroom head and you mean braids and everything. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, you're confusing me. All right, wait. I'm gonna have to find it. Keep talking. I'm gonna. So, I'm gonna so, find so, you a so you're talking about like mushroom toadstool, not yes, princess yes. peach to like not yes. princess toadstool, mushroom toadstool. And but like. Okay, so like kind of like in drag then is what you're saying? In drag is yeah. a is a toadstool? More more or less. Fun. That's awesome. It's weird. Like that he would show up to that panel that way. He had but, a weird costume I felt like last year or the whatever other year they did too. I mean, it's it, it's he seems like that kind of guy that would just be funny like that for no reason. So, I get it. So this is where I think you might see in that story, there's a possibility that we see Dumbledore attempt to do the same thing that Grindelwald was trying to do in the first movie. And that's use uh, Credence like a weapon against Grindelwald. So I feel like Grindelwald was trying to use him as a weapon... And now, you know, he's obviously not going to be a fan of Grindelwald after all that happened. So, is Dumbledore going to turn the table and do the same kind of bad mistake and then have to rectify that? Um, That'll be interesting to see what happens with. But, I feel like there's... Go ahead. Sidebar, I've texted you the uh, Ezra Miller... Okay. Picture. I I feel like. Oh good lord! <laughs> what? <sighs> he definitely stood out. I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah. You know he's got a nice figure. I'll say it. You know he fits the costume well. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All Sorry, right. So cat. that's gonna. I can't unsee that. Yeah, I hope you think about that for the rest of the night. I hope you have <sighs> So, anyways, uh, one of the coolest things in the trailer, I thought, was um, the carriage of uh, Pestrels that Grindelwald appears to be flying there. He's, you know... Is that like a prison break? That's sort of what I'm figuring. That's what I felt, because I felt like in one scene that you get in the trailer or in the first trailer... You see them kind of, like, taking him, presumably, to prison in that same carriage. Oh, right. Okay. I feel like that scene definitely happens, where you see him in that carriage, and then later we see him riding away in that carriage. So, presumably they failed. And there's obviously some sort of tribunal that happens. You know, yeah. like some some sort of trial or something that they have him in that big round room. We'll get to see what that's all about eventually. 
Um, and one thing that occurred to me that I thought was just an interesting thing to make since it's both from Warner Brothers and it's probably not connected in any way, but uh, Dumbledore kind of pulls a Batman on Newt at one point. Um, I feel like Newt was left like Commissioner Gordon at one point where in, they're talking and he says like, well, I wouldn't blame you if you said no and then just disapparates right out of there right, and yeah. Newt's just kind of like, well, <laughs> shit, what do I do now? Um, I, I thought that was kind of funny and yeah. that's something that Harry Potter has always managed to put together something these movies have always done well is they've included good spots of humor that are genuine you know i mean it doesn't feel forced humor or anything like that force of jokes it's good genuine fun right so I'm, I'm hoping they keep that up which i fully expect they will so yeah all around you know just more hype for this movie for me out of this trailer just all the more i can't yeah i'm i'm excited i i know less about the universe than like you guys the rest of you guys do as far as like the lore and what goes on and stuff like that so i you know i see the guy at the end of the trailer and i feel like yes that's probably someone of importance but i don't know what role he plays in in the lore and anything like that so yeah i mean like you, you just need to watch the first movie again hermione babbles on him on about him in that movie for Okay. A solid few minutes. Okay. Like several several times in that movie, she talks about Nicholas Flamel. Fair but enough. It, okay. In the books, of course, there's a lot more meat to it. Right. Sounds good. Um, any final thoughts, or we'll try to get Josh back. Um, the only other thing that really struck me was there's one point they show Credence where he definitely looks like he's trying to hide in plain sight. Like okay. he's in a little bit of a disguise kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I found that interesting. They like just, you know, it doesn't seem like a him thing to do. Seems out of character, maybe. Well, you got to figure he's, he's got to be at least on the run or something, right? Cause he did some terrible shit in the last movie. Yeah. But in the last movie, I don't think, I think the last movie ends with the presumption that he's gone, that he's dead, and that oh, his, right. yeah. you know, his being alive should be enough for him to be hidden, because people don't expect him to be. Yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe they're nobody's maybe looking for him. More familiar, I mean. yeah. But I mean, like, even if you see a face of a dead person, that could be drawing attention to yourself. Perhaps. You're not just going to be like, oh, that couldn't be him because he's dead. I feel like you might be like, is it him? Because is... I feel like he's dead. And then, like, I don't know. I feel like that would be more more intriguing than, than not, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, it, it absolutely makes sense. I just don't know. I don't know. We're going to have to see how they play it. Yeah. Well, like you know, like we said, we only have until November, so. Yeah. Only a few months away for this one. I know. I've only got a couple left on my list. That's I think there's three left from my list. I know Josh and... was asking me about my. No, I got it. Since I have them here, now I have to look because I know he was asking me on Facebook. I think how many I had left. Yeah, I've I've got next week. I've got the the Meg movie. 
of course. And then I've got the Fantastic Beasts and I can't remember. There might only be two. Yeah, I think actually I think Ant Man and Wasp was third. Was the third one for me. Uh where are you? Um Fantastic Beast was number three. Ant Man and Wasp was eight for you. Yeah. I'm saying like I think there was three I had left to watch and it was the Meg, Ant Man, the Wasp and Fantastic Beast. I think that was my Yeah, because the Quiet Place came out, Pacific Rim, Ready Player One, Black Panther, Solo, Deadpool Two, Infinity War, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I've seen all but two now. I still have Wreck It Ralph two. Uh I have I probably should have never watched trailers right before I did the list because I threw on Annihilation and an Alita Battle Angel on my list and I, I don't know if I'm actually gonna get to them this year. Well, Annihilation's on DVD by now. You could I know, find I know. that. And I, I still think even after seeing that like extended not well not extended, but the newer trailer for Alita, the I think it was Comic Con trailer. Yeah. Um, I thought it looked really cool. Yeah, Alita was one that was off my radar until you told me about it during that show. Yeah. And it definitely looks cool. Yeah, I'm just thinking, like, those are two I feel like I would have rather put on honorable mentions. I think some of my honorable mentions I'd rather get up into actual my top ten. <laughs> well, that's your anticipated list. I mean, that whatever yeah, you end up so... liking doesn't have to be dictated well, by that. I was going to say, I think you said, like, the what was it, the, the previous year. Valerian was in your top ten, and you still haven't. seen I still it. haven't seen that one. Yeah, <laughs> still need to because I'm not as committed to like seeing everything in my top ten as I probably should be. Yeah, but it, like that one is definitely that's one definitely worth it. I feel, but I mean, there's movies that we don't see for a long time that we keep meaning to. Yeah, I just watched Ex Machina for the first time mm-hmm. last week. Like. It was one that was always there. Like I should watch that. I should watch that. I should watch, and I just never did. I was just like, "Fuck it, I'm watching it." Yeah, yeah. I think I I have three left that haven't come out yet. I think Predator. I know I know Harry Potter definitely. Predator. Oh, and Halloween. Yeah, those are my three. And uh, oh, Mike, I forget if I said this on the episode when we recorded most anticipated, but. Um, I don't think, I don't, I legitimately don't know if I can get Sarah to come because she just freaks herself out a little too much over some little things. But, uh, if you end up maybe not having anyone else who will go see the Meg with you. Oh no, yeah, I, yeah, I we talked be. about that. You messaged me about that. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, I was going to mention it at the end of the show and see when you wanted to go do it. And figure Monroeville's probably halfway for both of us. Uh, yeah, that could probably work. So, yeah, like, like, even if you, I don't know if you're an opening, I mean, with a lot of things you are, like, opening weekend person, so if you want to oh yeah, yeah. Th- go sometime next weekend, I can probably squeeze it in. Okay. Yeah, I've been waiting for that for a long, long time, so I'm going to be there opening weekend. Yeah, I, I didn't know how many, how many others that you might have, uh, how many other people that you wouldn't have to, like, twist arms <laughs> for that. So oh, I'd, I'd be going to see it by myself. My like Amy would Amy would go begrudgingly. Yeah. If I was gonna go by myself, she'd just be like, "Okay, I'll go." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she does, she has no interest in it. So when I don't I told really. Her that I, you wanted to go see it. I was like, "Cool." I say I don't really particularly have interest in it either. I just am okay <laughs> with the spectacle that I know it's going to be. Like it's gonna be the utmost ridiculous popcorn movie. 
Oh yeah. But I'm okay with that. Plus, Josh, if your movie passes, oh, you know, uh, F F movie pass, just then you got to go to the cheap theaters now. <laughs> apparently, and and they already said like the the one official. So so there was like notes or or remarks from the CEO and the company that had been leaked that specifically called out. I think it was Christopher Robin and the Meg, because as as ridiculous as the Meg looks on a on a preview, as a summer like an August movie with nothing else really going on, it's probably going to it, do you know fifty to seventy million dollars overall, maybe even more. So they anticipated this, and then like the next day, I got an email from the company. Even though Mission Impossible had already come out, they specifically cited in the message, like, six days after Mission Impossible comes out, um, we're going to have to change uh, our structure, and unfortunately, you know, big releases, such as Mission Impossible, uh, may not, you know, aren't going to be able to be supported in their opening weeks, i.e., too many people are using the service that we can't afford because we're shitty at our jobs. (laughs) Honestly, like I said, I felt like it was a service when I read about it, and I, everything the first time, I felt like this is too good to be true. I think we it's, all said that. Josh's Josh's idea was, I might as well get on a now while it's working. Right. And yeah. Hopefully I can get a year out of it before it implodes. And, yeah. The only reason I'm holding off, well, two reasons. The only reason I'm holding off going into the app and canceling is, number one, there's nothing... There's no literature on the website. There's nothing I can access that would tell me if I cancel my subscription, my prepaid subscription early, do I get a refund for the unpaid part? I don't know that. And almost 100% of the time, the answer is no. Right. So there's no point in canceling it if that's the case. It's already paid right. for. So, the, and the other side of it is, uh, and this is what I ranted about online the other day was I tried to go in, like on their website, there is no help forum. There is no contact us. All the all the website does is say sign up, download the app, yeah. and sign up. You can sign up to the website, but then you have to go through the app and do everything. And the only thing on the app is a help section. And every time I try to click it, the app closes itself, and my phone says MobiePass has stopped working. <laughs> it literally won't let me in. Too many people are asking the same question on the app that the app keeps crashing. That's the only thing I can think is that function is getting so overwhelmed that it's actually crashing that part of their servers. And I'm not kidding. I I like I say this like people think I'm saying this facetiously. I literally think this is going to end up in a class action lawsuit. <laughs> I'm not joking. Like they they have they have literally basically they've defrauded people. Not by promising something that they couldn't deliver on initially, but they lied about the reason that they prevented people from getting the service that they agreed to pay for. They told people it was a technical glitch that they were working out, and that was a lie. They didn't have money to provide the service. That is it. That is a lie. That is, to me, that is a breach of contract. There's only so much that I think you can put in language of a, of, of a service agreement or terms of use that you could argue, well, we can change whatever we want, whenever we want, and regardless if you already paid for it, too bad you agreed to this. That's bullshit. Yeah. And I literally think it's going to end up that way. I, I won't be surprised if they are out of business within two months. 
Yeah, at the rate they're going, shit. Like they're just bleeding money. It, and it's not just the money. They In the last three months, they have made... Like I said, I've only been a customer for five months. And in the last three months, they have made three or four significant changes to what they allow and what they require. Like, to, like I said, that that is a... That's a breach of contract. You can't change the terms mid-agreement. And, and including language that says you can, can only take you so far. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, you always think that people that sign up for that, for like you did, so that you pay for a year in advance. So you should be locked into that type of thing for, the, for that year. Right. If they change terms of service, that should apply to new customers, not people that are already subscribed. Or at least, exactly. right, or at least people who were on a monthly subscription, or I think they, right. they offered a quarterly. The next time your cycle comes up, you become subject to the new terms. The, right. the, right. the, the limitations. Because if you don't pay us, you don't accept the terms. You know? Exactly. But if you pay us, you accept them. Exactly. And. The uh, first they changed right right when Infinity War came out. They changed no no more repeat viewings. Yeah. Then, uh, they they said they were going to roll out changes that wouldn't affect people until their next billing cycle would would be. So anyone who's on an annual pass, they specifically said, would be grandfathered out of those new requirements. But then just last week, first it was. Um, I took my nephew to the movies, and the that that was when the credit cards were down because they were out of money. So it blocked us from using it then. And then on Sunday, Sarah and I went to the movies, and it blocked Mission Impossible across the board. Well, I thought at first they were trying to do like blocking specific times, like you couldn't see. Higher... They did that for a long time. That's when, I, what... when I went to look to sign up, they said that they did that. That's so you had to go off time. That's what they rolled out in like late May or early June. Okay. okay. Was if you want to go if you want to go at a at at a busy time or a theater where they they think there's a lot of activity, not that you're going to be blocked out at all, but you could there's extra fees. You could yeah, you right? could choose to like pay another 2 or 3 bucks and get into that movie time if you wanted. It seems like they abandoned right, okay. that altogether because they've just been swamped. And they're just yeah. physically stopping people from literally using it at all. Like, stuff that's already been out for three weeks or a month was still accessible. But the other shitty part was... So, IMAX and 3D movies were never part of the game. Which is fine. I didn't, I didn't care. Everyone knew that going in. So, if there was a theater showing a regular version of a movie and a 3D version, it would list the 3D version, but it would gray it out and say this premium format is not supported. Okay. But we went to see Mission Impossible in 2D, and it, and that is the same message that it displayed over the movie, which is why we could not select it. So again, they... In other words, they didn't even have money to pay programmers to make something that said, we are blocking access nothing. to this movie, or like they just went with, Blackout put the same or... message on it as the other stuff. Right. So, Tag it as this so that it becomes that. We don't have enough to pay people to make it do this. Correct. So to me, again, uh, there, there's probably better legal words, but I think that 100% literally falls under the umbrella of fraud. You You are offering an explanation that is empirically 
incorrect from the truth. You are defrauding your customers. Hey, man, try, try it with video games. Video games, they, they change the EULA and you're fucked. You, you can either not play anymore or accept the EULA. You've already paid for the game and, and they changed the agreement. Yep. You can either agree to it or not play the game anymore. Well, that, but at the same time, this is not something new that they've done. I never got sent new terms of service. I never got oh, sent, I know, I know, I you know, know, an opportunity like, to re-opt in or opt out with any, uh, uh, acknowledgement that, you know, we see that you have a prepaid subscription. If you choose to opt out at this point, here are the, you know, repercussions, et cetera. Nothing like that, so. No. But, yeah, anyway, so to digress, I will still pay the couple of bucks to go see the Meg with you. <laughs> if I have to. Sounds good. Um, Alright, so obviously, we, we've heard Josh vent about movie packs <laughs> for a while now. So we know he's back. So we're going to move on to the last two yeah. we have. Uh, we're going to start with, uh, or at least the next one we're going to do, we'll, we'll go with Titans and then we'll end with Glass. Um, we talked about DC's uh, streaming service that they're they're going to implement in the fall. Um, that service now has a name. It's not going to be called DC Universe. It's going to include digital comics, a back catalog of DC movies and TV shows, along with new content created specifically for the service. They've announced, as of right now, Titans, Swamp Thing, Doom Patrol, an animated Harley Quinn show, and a third season of Young Justice. Um, and the pricing plan right now for what they have is if you pre-order now, since it's not out yet, I think they only let you pre-order for a full year. Full year will cost you $75. And then I if you pre-order part. it, if you pre-order it, you get three additional months for free. So if you sign up now for 75 bucks, you get 15 months of the service. Once the service launches in the fall, it's 8 bucks a month. So that is their plan for, for their service. Um, just as, as that streaming service is set up pricing, pricing wise and whatnot, how do you guys feel about those prices and exclusives? Is that enough for you guys to try to give it a shot or still wait and see five bucks a month for their special deal? Huh? Yeah. Which Um, is not, not bad. That's a, a nice incentive right there at the beginning. Yeah. Five bucks a month is pretty cheap, but I'm still going to have to be very enticed to do it. Um, And it's not like DC has been putting out this top-end content that everybody must see lately. Agreed. And I, the more, the bigger draw for me in all of that equation is honestly Swamp Thing. Um, yeah. I, same here. I, but, I don't know, two years ago or something, I read all the Alan Moore stuff that he did and it got me really into it. Um, and if, if I, if it, if they had, I understand why you put something like Titans forward first. Um, but for me, if I had seen Swamp Thing, first and, and got a sense of how that's going to look um, and how what, what kind of mood they're going for. That would entice me more. The, the specific content they've announced so far, I'm not going to go in at the beginning. Um, but with all these streaming services, like what you guys were talking about uh, CBS before, I thought the, the same thing as somebody said. Like, if I, 
if I really want to see Swamp Thing, depending on how they format these things, whether it's like a weekly release of a new episode, at the, at the same time, if there just gets to a point where all the episodes are released of the show I want to see, I'll sign up for one month for eight bucks, watch the show that I want. If I have it for a month, I might dabble in some other things while I'm there, but at the very worst, I'll just cancel it until mm -hmm. more content that I care about is available. Right. Yeah, it, for me, Swamp Thing is going to be the real draw if it's done right. Um, we we, you know, we got to remember that you know Alan Moore is not going to be a part of Swamp Thing here. True, like, but they could still pull from that material. Right, they can pull from that material, and Alan Moore didn't have anything to do with the V for Vendetta movie, and they did a great job with that. True, even though he hated uh, it. He, yeah, but he you know hates what? everything that's been adapted. Yeah, he was gonna say he hated Watchmen too, and I thought they did a fantastic job with that. Okay. Um, like it, 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 and that, and that's fine with me. Like it, to me, they were both fairly loyal interpretations of his content. That and they're obviously, given the Titans trailer that we get, they're gonna be willing to go the lengths that would be necessary to do Alan Moore's content. Um. We, we see this is de definitely going to be R-rated TVMA-type material. Which I'm at least happy um, about that. Not, not necessarily that it has to be, like, rated R or something, but... No, but the, but the fact that they're not willing... They're willing to be just like, fuck Batman. Yeah, like, I, I, like the, I like the idea that their target market is not to appeal to tweens. Yes. And I, I, I think that that's a good thing. So... But I also understand why Titans was their first choice. Sure. It gives them a character that everybody knows and loves as the central hub here. The question I'll ask... Well, no, they do give you confirmation. I think it is Dick Grayson. Okay, you do see the flying Graysons in the trailer. Yes. Um, yeah. I was going to say which Robin is it, but I forgot about the flying Graysons part. Um, but I think... They give you Robin. They give you this character that everybody knows, and not as many people care about Swamp Thing. They've heard of Swamp Thing, but they don't really care. Sure. Is for a general audience, for people that don't read comic books or watch these movies ten times a year, that kind of thing. Or even, so, I, I mean, I, and I kind of get it too, that if you're like a late, if you're 17, 18, 19, 20, and for some reason you've been watching Teen Titans Go on cartoons for a few years, and they're like, hey, I'm older, you know, I'm not into that, but hey, look, live action, those same characters, I know, it's more adult, look, you know, look how cool this action is, and, and whatnot. Oh yeah, it totally makes sense. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, it's, it's a wider audience. Absolutely. And, you know, it, but that being said, yeah, for the streaming service, if I get a preview for Swamp Thing, and it's like, well, I have to watch that at some point. I'm going to make sure I get to see Swamp Thing. If it's a shrug your shoulders at the preview for Swamp Thing where I'm not impressed by it in any way. Yeah. They're going to have to do a lot more with the service to draw me. Yeah. And even just the, the ability to read the digital comics, I feel like, is a draw. Because I think like Marvel's subscription service for digital comics is, what, 10 bucks a month? No. 
No, no, no. When I last time I did Marvel Unlimited, it was sixty bucks for the year. Okay, so they what strictly do yearly subscriptions? They don't do monthly subscriptions. I have no idea, but if we're looking at that, what they're offering for five bucks a month, that's the same price Marvel's okay. charging for the comics. Yeah. So, well, even still, you get for the same price. Then you get more out of the service, I think, for DC than just reading comics like Marvel does for their service. Absolutely. I you know that's something that. That actually may be a bigger draw, but it'll depend on the back catalog. Because for a long time, Marvel Unlimited had a pretty weak catalog, and it really wasn't, I felt like I wasn't getting my money's worth. But in the last year and a half or so, that catalog expanded to include just about every comic they've ever made. Which, yeah, that's absolutely worth it. Yeah, so you might have to look at the fine print. I don't know how far back the, you know, what back catalog of movies they have on there or TV shows. I don't know what... I mean, you really start to think about what DC TV shows there are and how many have been out there that they're really going to pull the people... I mean, Batman 66, I would go back and watch those because you don't really have a lot of access to those without paying for them, so... Right. Did you... Brian, in your um, rundown of the content offered, did you say anything about, um, like, old DC movies? They mentioned DC movies. I, I know they were talking about putting like the the older Batman movies on there. Probably the uh, Superman, Donner Supermans. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming yeah. that'll be there, but I don't. You know, I don't know how deep they're going or or what they're they may or may not be able to get because it's not like they own all their characters. So I don't think right. they have a problem getting the rights to movies or TV shows or anything to no. put on the service. But well, it'd be nice to see a list of what's offered. But I don't well, think they have that yet. I was gonna say, what about the Vertigo stuff? Yeah, see, I don't know how, I don't know, I don't know the fine print. Yeah. I know, I mean, I know generally what they talked about, and that's about it. You, you know what could be a game changer for me? Again, I might only, like, tap in one or two months, depending on what other, like, maybe original content is offered. But I know they're just about to release it on Blu-ray, or they just did. If they put the 90s Batman animated series on it, I'd probably yep. pay a couple bucks for the, like, one month and binge that show. Yeah, and if a... you haven't watched all the animated Batmans of late, mm-hmm. the the movies, they're fantastic. Oh, and that, oh, that's I didn't even consider that. Yeah, if they put, I'll, I could say categorically right now, if they put all of the DC animated movies on that, you got my money right now. Yeah, see, I was only strictly thinking pretty much live-action movies. But yeah, I completely forgot about the animated catalog they have out there now, too. Yeah, because I know they, the animated catalog is more impressive than their live-action movies. They're yeah. better. We uh, just watched, um, I found it, like, dirt cheap somewhere, I forget. But uh, we got, um, the only one I've ever bought, because I'd seen it before, was uh, Flashpoint Paradox. I've not seen that one yet. I actually really liked it. I didn't know really... Like, this is, like, well, long before I started watching the Flash TV show or, or really cared, I just thought it looked interesting. It was on, um, because they don't do it as much anymore, but the DC movies, the animated movies, used to be on Netflix yeah. a lot more. And probably sort of like Disney is planning to pull the Marvel stuff, you know, for their channel next year or whenever. I think DC started slowly, you know, not renewing those licenses or agreements. So I watched probably five or six of them on netflix over the years and flashpoint was like really really damn good and we found it somewhere for i don't know like three or four dollars 
And uh, so Sarah just watched it, and yeah, it's it, it's like it, it's the blueprint for what they should be doing live action. If they just made those movies live, their live action movies, that mm-hmm. that's all they have to do. But I I I personally I own two of them. It is all I've ever actually bought because mm-hmm. they were easy to access. Yeah, under the red I, hood. I, oh yeah, red hood. Under, under the that's, red hood. That's the one for me that sticks out to me every time. Yep. I have that, and I have Dark Knight Returns. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I actually think I have that one, too, yeah. Yeah. It, it, those are the only two I've bought, because they were always just so readily available on Netflix, on Amazon, on right. all, you know, all these things where you could just watch them for nothing. I didn't buy any. Like, when Dark Knight Returns released, I instantly was like, give, give, I'm watching. <laughs> you know, like, I wasn't waiting for that. That's one of the best comic series of Batman there ever was, so it was just like, I have to watch this now. But the other ones... It's like, well, it'll be free soon, so right. I wasn't buying them, and now that I may have to either get this service or buy them. And, and you know, it, it's funny because we're—it sounds like we're all coming around to like for the three of us, a lot of the original content is not really pulling us in at all. We could oh, take it or leave it stuff for sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It, it's like, hey, give it, give me, you know, a couple of months of access to. Your animated movies, your your back catalog stuff, your series. Yeah, I could I could go for that for two or three months, and we'll check back sometime maybe in the fall or by the end of the year, see if anybody bit the bullet and gave this a shot. If we want to give impressions well, on what it was what's like, what's the date that it's supposed to start? I don't know a specific date. All I heard was sometime in the fall. Okay, so it could be end of August, sometime September, October. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I could see if they have like the trial version thing or whatever. I'm taken. sure they'll give you like a fir- first free month or something when it starts, or you know, a seven day free trial or something like that. Yeah, I, I could see definitely at least doing that and power watching those animated movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but at least we'll, it'll give we'll you a sense what... of what the whole service offers and and what's in there and something we could talk about if somebody gives it a shot. Yep, definitely. But. Spinning back around to the whole reason we started talking about the streaming service is to talk about Titans, which is the first trailer we get for their, you know, the exclusive stuff they're making for the service is the first series they're trying to market for that. Um, what did, We talked to, briefly about it in between all the service talk we were talking about, but uh, what did you guys think of the, the trailer for Titans? I, you guys would watch? Did you like it? I was shocked by the tone. I did yeah. not expect... When I seen, like, okay, we're getting a DC Titans trailer, I, I, that tone just blew me away as far as True. what we were getting there. Um, because it was not at all what I was expecting. You know, like, Teen Titans, that's that's not the mood of Teen Titans. Like, not at all. So, yeah, I was definitely surprised, and it, I had to watch it a couple of times to really grasp it because it took me so off guard the first time yeah um i don't you know i'm not sure what to make of it at this point but it looks a lot more intriguing than i expected it to granted yes um but i think that comes from my personal and i guess josh saying it that way his also personal interest in horror and it seems like they are definitely adding tones of horror into this series. I I liked the last, like the shot, like how the trailer closes, and I couldn't tell if that was. Well, first of all, I I, I don't know those characters very very well. Who's the chick with the purple hair? 
She's in there, the Teen Titans Go. Robin, there's Raven, Raven. Starfire, yeah. and Beast Boy. Those are the four we get in the trailer. Raven. Okay, yeah. So I'm not sure if that is her that has, like, the bleeding porcelain mask on at the end or not. But wh- whatever's going on there looks pretty cool. Um, she was always the freaky one, so I think yeah. that's her, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it's it's definitely her. It uh, and, and I would say it doesn't... I'm not... I don't even I don't need it to per se like bring horror into it, but I do. I do like that they're taking a logical, uh, a logical approach to giving you the visual of what this would really look like. So if there are people with these abilities, with these concerns, with like if this is the world they live in, how is it going to look and? As, as much as, you know, we have overused this phrase the last couple of years because it's just, it's hard not to, but we kind of have grown to, like, love-hate it. It's one of the few things that I've seen that the dark and gritty seems to actually work and be appropriate. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm on the other side from you guys. I, I, I'm with Mike where the tone caught me off guard, but I didn't like that it caught me off guard. Okay. I don't really know what I was expecting, but it it almost felt like it was dark and gritty and adult just for like the sake of being a dark and gritty and adult. Like I I I don't know. It felt almost like over the top grounded and dark and gritty for me. Like okay. I don't know if there, if I was expecting less or maybe there's a happy medium in there somewhere for me. But it just felt like I don't know. Maybe it just forced. Yes, that's a good word for it. Yeah. Like, we just want to be different, so let's, we have to do it this way so people take notice. Not that it works for the show, but just that it's, like, shock value, almost. Okay. I had a little bit of that feeling watching it, where I was like, they're gonna go the opposite route of, you know, Suicide Squad, and instead of having villains that do good, they're gonna have heroes that do bad. And that was their premise that they came up with in their mind when they were making this. Bad heroes as opposed to good villains. Okay. And... I feel, I mean, it's not an original idea, like, making the anti-hero type of thing, if that's the route they're really going there. But. Well, let me ask you guys this. Are you interpreting from the trailer that Robin is straight up killing people? It really looked that way, yeah. Because I'm not on board with that. Because that. Well, it, it, I, I think you're not supposed to be. That... He he straight up says, like, fuck Batman. That like, alley scene. Batman doesn't. Yeah, that alley scene where that's all introduced, it looks and it looks like he's the one wielding a gun. Right. And it looks like he like took a headshot or two on a couple guys. Like I feel like that makes sense for certain Robins, not Dick Grayson. And yeah. maybe that's the stuff that I'm getting okay. hung up on. Okay, that's a good I point. will agree with you hundred percent there. If this was Jason Todd, I would be like, right. all right, yes. this makes sense. We're getting to see Jason Todd turn into the Red Hood. Yes, I like this it. is the start we're of that s- turn, exactly. Yes. I would love that. Dick Grayson Nightwing? No, this is not Nightwing. This is not. Yeah. This is not what happens here. And I get I, the horror type tone that Josh mentioned with Raven. I can get that. I can get behind that because that character is freaky as shit, and it <laughs> works for her. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Putting them all together, but keeping that type of tone, it I don't know. It, it feels weird and off to me. I yeah, that, and that's kind of what I was getting at. Is it takes me off guard because it's not Teen Titans. Like that's not. And that's the other side. Maybe it's just more ingrained in my interpretation of what these this team and these characters are that they should be a little bit more funny and lighthearted just from the animation that i've seen in them before 
Mm-hmm. That maybe I was expecting a little bit more of that. I mean, I still, when they announced something live action that they were going to do with, you know, more ad- adult aged types of teen, t- if you have a teen Titan show and then you just call it Titans, obviously the characters are going to be a little bit older and matured. Yeah. So I expected something like that, but to veer off in this type of direction to me. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know. Like it, it and that's it, like, they're taking a big chance because Teen Titans has been around for a long time in comics, and I've read, I don't know, maybe a dozen of Teen Titan comics in my time reading comics. It's, you know, I never really got into the series, but there's a lot of people that are going to be really pissed off about this, that are diehard fans of Teen Titans. They're out there. And this going in the direction it's going... <sighs> yeah, I don't feel like... Just I can the, see a lot of people being upset. You know, trying to gauge internet reaction and stuff like that i don't feel like there was too much positive that i've seen from people reacting to this trailer yeah and i think you're pointing out the biggest reason like it actually got me to the point where where i think when we first started talking about where it was like wait was that dick grayson when we were just talking here and then i had to remember like yo yeah they definitely showed the grayson circus thing and they, they go through all that and it's like right but Dick Grayson doesn't do that stuff. Like, this isn't... And that's, I think, going to be one of the really negative points of that trailer for everyone. Well, I feel like if they're they're putting it in a trailer just to shock people and to try to get people hooked on the show to be like, well, why is he doing that? If if that bleeds into some sort of story reason and we get some flashbacks as to, like, Batman and Robin having some sort of falling out that Dick Grayson feels that way against Batman and this is the type of vigilante justice that he has now adopted post batman i could get behind that if they explain yeah. that in the story maybe batman had a gun on the person that killed his parents and didn't pull the trigger you know, yeah, so, something yeah. like that so somebody had a gun on them and didn't feel it was right to kill them and then they ended up killing their parents but th- th- this was a question i had is this gonna be the same dc universe that they're putting in the movies or is this its own microcosm I, I'm going to say it's its own thing. Okay. When they're making parallel, simultaneous feature films of the same damn character with completely different actors, I, I after like, after Aquaman, I'm assuming, like, maybe with Wonder Woman, but I'm assuming nothing has anything to do with each other anymore. I thought... Wait, that... what, what were you talking about? The Joker movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what? I'm not bothered by that. Like, I, I kind of get the feeling that maybe Aqua... Not, the, the things that they've introduced so far, like Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and The Flash may exist in the same place. I'm not even banking on Shazam have anything, having, having anything to do with the rest of it. So, uh, like, these, like, ancillary okay. properties and, and projects are... Well, yeah, I mean... You know, no way. Well, yeah, it was like, you know, I knew the whole like WB series stuff. You know? I thought there I was talk that... of it possibly being a, an offshoot oh. of like the Arrowverse type of okay, thing. Okay, so, so yeah. the Arrowverse it might be. But the tone of this trailer, I'm going to say no, hell no. This is not fitting in line <laughs> with anything else that's on the CW. Yeah. When this and... was originally pitched, it was they were trying to go network television. They were trying to pitch it to CW. And it, and at one point, I think it was supposed to end up on TNT. And if it was on TNT, 
it may have been able to cross over with the Arrowverse, but once it started doing its own thing and, and this tone that they're showing in the trailer, I don't think it, it's connected at all. No. So they really just screwed their pooch on their universe altogether. And Marvel's just kind of sitting there like, well, our Netflix shows are in our main universe and yours isn't. And <sighs> Yeah, I think DC gave up trying to make it all work. It's it's second. It's taking a backseat to, right? They're at the point where they just gotta focus on good fucking stories. If they can get good stories, they'll worry about connecting everything together again. But for right now, just get your fucking shit right, and let's see what you can do with it. Mm-hmm. But all right. So as as predicted, we're going pretty long for this episode. So there's one more trailer we need to cover. <laughs> so I'm gonna try to jump us down there. Um, last one we're gonna cover is Glass, which is M Night Shyamalan's. Uh, unbreakable sequel that is now adding in split in James McAvoy. Um, I just told this to Josh, I think probably a week or two ago. Um, I knew this trailer was coming and I knew from the internet. And I think maybe Josh even mentioned it at one point too, that glass was coming and it was referencing unbreakable and split somehow ties into that. So I knew there was some connection there and I had not gotten to split until probably two weeks ago. And it's not usually my type of movie, but I really, really enjoyed it. And had I not known that it was connected, the real little tag that they do at the end of Split to make it all work would have blown my fucking mind. <laughs> had I had I been surprised for that. But so that's just that, my two cents. That was definitely fun experiencing in the theater because there there was no reveal or or like pre discussed marketing or anything. That would have been a general surprise. It. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was actually really, really it was. cool. Um, yeah, that that was an awesome idea to keep it under wraps that they were doing it. Yeah. So I I now that I've seen Split and I'm gonna this definitely makes me want to go back and watch Unbreakable again. But I am yeah. really looking forward to this movie after this trailer. What did you guys think of the trailer? I feel like this movie that the trailer did more than Split did to make me want to watch this movie. Like okay, yeah, I, I split. I was really torn on in loving McAvoy's performance, but not so much the movie itself. Okay, um, it, like I loved his performance. I thought he was fantastic. I even was Anya Taylor Joy. Yeah, something like that. Yep. Yeah, I, I, her performance was fantastic as well. I thought mm-hmm. they both did great. I just... The pacing, the plot, things like that kind of fucked with my brain a little bit in the wrong way. Okay. And... um, Watched this trailer for, this, for Glass, and I said, that's a movie I want to see. Like, instantly, I'm like, yeah, because Unbreakable was awesome, and showing just the whole premise that they're going with here, I think, is going to be a fun movie to watch. I think this could end up being a really, really cool superhero commentary now that we're in the modern age of superhero movies. I think it may be what he's intending. <laughs> very much. I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's probably why he's revisiting that kind of thing now, 15 years later or whatever it is. Because when Unbreakable came out, I think it was very much ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. It, I don't think it did very good at the box office, but it became like one of those cult movies that, that got an audience afterwards. And that was before, I don't remember, 
Josh offhand, do you remember what year Unbreakable came out? It was after I like the top of my head. Two thousand. I, I was gonna say O two off the top of my head. So it's right around the budding but, of modern superhero movies. X Men was two thousand, Spider Man was two thousand two. It's right in that range. Yeah. Uh, Unbreakable two thousand. Okay. Two thousand. Yep. Okay. Because I knew, so, yeah, I think it was. It was surprisingly ahead of its time. Yeah, it was surprisingly after. Like that was his follow up to the Sixth Sense, and like right. nobody yeah, remember remembers it exists. Yeah, everyone skips that and goes right to Signs because it didn't have the M Night Shyamalan stamp of what the fuck just happened at the end of the movie. I don't know. Horror. I thought the ending for that movie blew my mind. I have to watch it again. I don't think I've seen it in, like, eight or nine years, at least. I watched it once, I, and I think it may be in, like, late college, maybe. I mean, do you want the refresher, or do you want to just watch it? I'll, I'll watch it again, because I will okay. get to it. I feel like Unbreakable, it just doesn't feel like other M. Night Shyamalan movies is why it gets lost. It doesn't have the 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 horror. I, I, I just don't... It doesn't have the horror aspect that he tries to play on. He plays that suspenseful thriller horror where it's not real horror because it's not, you know, like it. It's always the illusion of horror. It's misdirection. Yes. Yes. I feel like he makes a great horror movie and then ruins it at the end. Yep. Quite often. <laughs> which, um, although, which is why I liked The Visit a lot. And I did like Split quite a bit. I, I thought he was able to keep it reined in with that. Yeah, no, yeah, he definitely reigned his, this wasn't really that horror-inducing once you know what's really going on. Well, the trailer he for this one doesn't in. feel very horror. It, it feels like psychological oh, no. thriller. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what, that's what Unbreakable, like, it has more of an Unbreakable feel than a standard M. Night Shyamalan horror feel. Right. Which is why Unbreakable, I think, got separated is what i was trying to okay, say is like it, okay. it didn't feel the same as his other movies um but yeah i'm, I'm definitely in for this one it looks amazing um i was skeptical as to how it was going to look after seeing split because i didn't know what they were going to do to tie the universe together uh, you know, like, get, to, to tie the characters together to get it all into one thing. I didn't know what they were going to do. And seeing how they're doing it, I like it. Well, I love the shot, I think the trailer even teases a little, a little bit, too, of Bruce Willis rubbing elbows with James McAvoy coming down the street and then sort of, like, following him to presumably somewhere he's kidnapped some girls. And then you sort of see, there's a couple quick shots of, like, the two of them thrown down, which mm -hmm. just got me excited just to see the two of them go at it. Oh, yeah. And the the one that sticks out in my mind was James McAvoy, or the Beast, if you will, running like a dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the trailer, like, they show him just straight up going, I don't even know what to call that, just running like a dog, running like a beast. Yeah. That was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's kind of cool. So, uh, Josh, what do you want to chime in with? Um, I, 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 one of the biggest reasons that I need to go back and watch Unbreakable is also I don't, 
I, I, I was lost at the beginning as to why both Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson are apparently in jail of some kind and in therapy, like getting evaluated. Like that, I, I, that doesn't, I don't remember it ending anything like that. So I'm going to need a lot of, of explanation in the movie for it to make sense as how you get from, like, the end of that to where they finally... Well, and, and even at the end of Split, like, Bruce Willis is obviously not in jail. He's sitting at a diner, you know, and over here is a conversation. Even the end of Unbreakable and where we pick up even in Split and probably presumably when this movie starts, they mention a 15-year gap, so... Right, so it's not supposed to be Nobody was arrested at the fluid. end of that Unbreakable. Yeah, I, I was just confused as to the context of why some of these settings are, are happening that seem to almost look like the basis for the movie um like it's major jumping off point but other other than that um i'm i what every time i watch the trailer which i've done like three or four times i realize boy isn't it nice to see bruce willis giving give a shit about acting again (laughs) um because it's been a while yeah i think he gave up after uh what was that kevin smith movie I think he gave up at that point, like around. That's that what I'm talking about. Like, like is... I think that movie made him give up, give up. <laughs> like he did that movie, during, and that like, was his first fuck it movie. Basically, yeah. Like uh, during the course of that time, it, it, it just he did not give a crap. Well, he's not Bruce Willis with a gun this time, right? So that that's already something different. Yeah, yeah. Which which would be great. Um, I I didn't know how much. I wanted to see James McAvoy act opposite either of those two dudes, let alone both of them, let alone in roles where, like, all of them have to kind of be the alpha, and it's a very strong power struggle. Like, that that aspect of it, just from, like, a craft standpoint, looks yeah. just really awesome. Yeah, the casting that he did 15 years ago is definitely paying off now. <laughs> uh, anything else? Otherwise, we'll try to wrap it down for this one. Uh, I was, I can nearly guarantee that this will definitely be on my top 10 for next year, anticipated. Um, I'm going to have to look at the things to see where it shakes out. Uh, it might make the top 5, but it's, it's definitely going to be there, because I think Split was around, like, nine or ten for me and it ended up being probably like eight nine or ten of my favorites for 2017 um yeah this this looks pretty solid uh m night Shyamalan twist ending they're all just actually crazy (laughs) not even a twist ending and that's why it's an m night Shyamalan twist ending Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with Josh in this one. I'm I'm actually really anticipating this one. Split never really made my list. That never really interested me when I when we did the anticipated list. Even after I heard really good things about it, I still kept putting it off until I watched it. But after watching that one, probably gonna have to go back and watch Unbreakable again. But definitely. the trailer for this one got me hyped, so I definitely think I'm with Josh. I think this is probably gonna make my top ten for next year and anticipated oh. anyway. Oh, I'm with you. I'm gonna be watching Unbreakable again for sure to get revved up for it. Because it's been a while. Yeah. Um, all right, just to wind down, one last question. Out of the trailers we covered, what was your favorite one? Ooh. 
I think for me, Shazam stood out as the obvious favorite for me. There's something I, about that fun tone that surprised me. I love Zachary Levi. I'm happy to see him be a superhero. That's the one I think I've got the most excitement for. Close uh, second would be Glass. Are we calling Clone Wars a trailer, or are we not? Are I mean, we just there talking is a the trailer movies? for that. If are we just? Wanna, if, I mean, if we're just talking the movies, I mean, if, if we're talking everything we talked about the Clone Wars, but just movies, I'd say Glass. Um, I mean, I'm excited hmm. for Clone Wars, but the trailer did not get me as hyped, I guess, as some of the other ones. That's fair. For me, I actually think it's a toss-up between... Well, obviously, I was out of the discussion for Fantastic Beasts, but um, it's a toss-up between Aquaman and Godzilla. Okay, you're going the other, other end of the spectrum on this one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really anxious to... Still, the fun... <laughs> We've talked about it before, but some of the most fun episodes we ever do are the most anticipated and then the favorites of that year. So I'm really curious to see our anticipated for 2019. And then when we get to the end of 2019 and into 2020, I definitely want to see what, how the movie shook out for everyone's favorites for that year. I honestly, like, I, I think I teased it once. I, it, right, so far, I know what my number one is for this year, and it's not what you think. So... It'll, it'll be interesting to see if it holds up. You didn't even see the Meg yet, and you're putting in your number one. Motherfucker. <laughs> <sighs> you know what? I'm just, I've seen the shark, I've seen the previews, I'm calling it. It's Jason Statham saying, it's a Megalodon. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think it's Rain Wilson. It's Dwight. Give me Dwight Schrute, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm happy. Uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, all right, so that'll be fun whenever we get there at the end of the, <clears throat> end of the year and beginning of next year. Um, all right, so that wraps up for us. We've talked way longer than, well, not way longer. This is probably about what I expected for, for talking about trailers. And there was even a trailer released this week that we didn't talk about because I was afraid it was going to put us over, and we're already over. So if we want to <laughs> talk about Venom, we might have to talk about Venom another time. Um, so if you've enjoyed the show, please stop by iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and review. Be sure to share, subscribe, favorite the show wherever you decide to listen. Which we are still available on Google Play. If you haven't found us, you Android users out there, you can find us on there now. Um, and as always, you can find us on Facebook. Search Bry Guy Super Friends. Go to facebook.com slash Friends. And you can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions there. You can try to email us, Friends at gmail.com or tweet us at bgsuperfriends on Twitter. Neither of those I've checked in probably five months. But go ahead and send stuff there. I'll find it two months from now. On behalf of Andy, Josh, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.